Hello. Hello. Who is this? Tell me your name, I'll tell you mine. <laughs> I don't think so. What's that noise? Popcorn. You making popcorn? Well, I'm getting ready to watch a video. Really? What? I'll do some scary movie. You like scary movies? Uh-huh. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? So I want to know who I'm looking at. playing a deadly game it all began with a scream over 911 someone who's seen one too many scary movies now he's taken his love of fear hello hello sydney one step too far do you like scary movies what's the point they're all the same some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act she's always running up the stairs and she should be going out the front door it's insulting there are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a scary movie. Number one, you can never have sex. Hey, what's wrong with this man? Never, ever, ever under any circumstances say, I'll be right back. Because you won't be back. Get another beer, you want one? Yeah, sure. I'll be right back. You didn't make the rules. Police are always on track. If they watch Palm Night, it's safe time. He just kills by them. Don't answer the phone. Don't open the door. Don't try to hide. Everybody's a suspect! Go! Not scared, are you? Squeak. Welcome to a very special holiday episode of Creek Talk. This is Steven. And I'm Jamie. And this week we're recapping Scream. <laughs> Happy Halloween. No, no, it's Christmas. <laughs> Wrong holiday, Jamie. <laughs> no. Christmas is Halloween. Halloween is Halloween and Christmas is Halloween. Like Christmas is Halloween, you know? No, it's okay. Oh, you just confused me. <laughs> Sorry. Well, we're not doing a regular episode this week. It took me a long time to figure out what I wanted to do. You're always like, whatever. <laughs> Just tell me what you want to do. And I go with the flow. Yeah, you're pretty easy. So I just said, none of these actors were in a Christmas movie. None of them. Like, I don't know what we could have done. <laughs> and I said, well, maybe we'll just dear, do the regular episode. Dear cast of Dawson's Creek. Please put yourself in a Christmas movie so we don't have this problem next year. Thanks. <laughs> I know. <laughs> well, and I needed to come out last year because obviously we don't have two years to wait for this movie. So no, <laughs> no, it would have been it would have been perfect if we yeah. had something to choose from. But but the reason I chose Scream, it's obviously written by Kevin Williamson, and it was actually released in December of 1996. So my heart. It's a Christmas movie, even though it's a horror movie. <laughs> so. See, we have uh, Halloween and Christmas. Halloween on Christmas. Just like Nightmare Before Christmas, only Halloween movies are coming out on around Christmas time. That is really weird, by the way, that a Halloween movie like that, I feel like it would be a Halloween movie. I guess technically it's just a slasher movie. It's not like Halloween, but that it would come out in December. Like I feel like December should be like only for happy, you know. Yeah. Hallmark stuff. I don't know. I don't know why they released it in December, to be honest with you. I uh, I was going to do all this research and like look stuff up, but this movie is so important to me and 
I'm actually like really nervous to even recap it because I like even when I was taking notes last night, I was getting so happy watching it. I've seen this movie like a million fucking times, Jamie. You have no idea. <laughs> but I was taking notes and I was getting excited because I knew we were going to be able to talk about it together. And it's so important to me because like it's one of those movies during that era that just sort of like, I don't know. It's like people say this too. Like when they watch this movie and like a lot of things like Kevin Williamson did, it sort of like put them in a direction of like what they wanted to do, whether it's like writing or acting. Like I totally wanted to be in a Kevin Williamson movie when I was younger. I started auditioning. I started, I got headshots. I did all this stuff. And I mean, we won't get into where my acting career went, (laughs) but I did eventually get to meet him and it was amazing. And I'm still trying to get him to notice me through Instagram because I like I DM him all the time and he still hasn't read any of my messages. But um, that's neither here nor there. But he um, he it's just (laughs) it's um, it's just a very important movie to me. And um, Last night when I was watching it, Justin even asked me because he was watching it. He watched like the end with me. He said, like, why do you like this movie so much? And I said, I don't know. I just it's just one of those movies that makes me feel very nostalgic. Um, I just I remember seeing the trailer on TV like a late Saturday night. And I remember seeing it was directed by Wes Craven, who I'm also obsessed with because I was obsessed with the Freddy Krueger films, Nightmare on Elm Street. And um, we actually share the same birthday, which is crazy. And I remember being like, no, I'm going to love that movie. I already know. I already know. And if it wasn't for this movie and for Kevin Williamson and the way he wrote the movie and the way it was directed, all the stuff that this movie brought into like pop culture, Mm -hmm. we would never have this podcast about Dawson's Creek. So it's, you know, it's like a big deal. So I'm very excited to talk about it. I don't think we're going to do like a play by play. I think we'll just sort of like discuss it and just like talk about it openly and what we liked about it. But do you remember the first time you saw it? So funny story. I have actually don't recall ever watching it from start to finish. I've only ever caught like glimpses, like (laughs) a scene here or a scene there. I've never watched it from start to finish. Um, so I just, I have a hard time with the slash movies, but I have to say, I'm very excited about the cast in screen. Uh, I was very excited when it first opened and it was Drew Barrymore. I was like, oh my God. And I loved the nineties makeup in this movie. <laughs> it made me so happy. They looked fantastic. And then, I mean, you got what Skeet Ulrich, which by the way, reminds me of, um, and I already Johnny Depp. <laughs> Thank you. He just reminds me of like a young Johnny Depp. Every time I'm staring at him, I'm like, why does this guy look so familiar? Like, I'm sure I've seen him in something else. And I'm like, no, but he looks like more famous than oh, I didn't think I've seen him before. But like, I don't know why. And then it just came to me. I was like, oh, my God, he looks like Johnny Depp. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Cry baby, young Johnny Depp. And then Matthew Lillard, of course. I love Matthew Lillard. So like, um, and his character is always just every character he plays has always got he's like always on something. I feel like there's just always some kind of weird thing that's happening with him between 13 ghosts and even Scooby Doo. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, God, what is it? SLC Punk, you know, there's always something crazy that's going on. But I, I, I love Matthew Lillard, so that was a 
very oh, happy yeah. for me because I, I love him. <laughs> well, I know Skeet, I mean, Matthew Lillard, who plays Stu, he's such a big deal in this movie. Like, yeah. even rewatching last night, um, it's so funny because, like, I've seen this movie a million fucking times. And, like, at the end when he's he picks up the phone and he says to Sydney, he's like, did you really call the cops? And she's like, you, you bet you're, you're sorry as I did. He's like... Yeah. My mom and dad are gonna be so mad at me. That's, that's what I mean. Yeah, like he is just like a hysterical crying. I don't know. I just this poor guy. <laughs> that's when I was just like, a, he just always has that character where there's just something weird, you know, like 13 ghosts, but the, you know, his abilities and everything. He's always kind of, he's very off, like as a person. And, um, Scooby Doo. Well, I mean Shaggy. So I know he played a good Shaggy. He was fantastic. He was an excellent Shaggy. I am a very big Scooby Doo fan, like cartoons and all. So when they came out with the live action, I was all over it. And yeah, he played the perfect Shaggy. A lot of people in your age group love Scooby Doo. Love like, Scooby Doo. I remember watching the old old yeah mm-hmm. uh, cartoons when I was a kid, but like I never kept up with it. Like how they kept bringing it back with like current things but i think it's so funny <laughs> like i i love it i saw like a twitter uh, thread about it not that long ago i was like wow yeah. they really love scooby-doo don't they, <laughs> they yeah and I, I don't know but i mean it's it's come a long way i'm not super crazy about the way the cartoons are now it's the style of the cartoon i yeah. like the old style i don't like the new cartoon styles they bother me um it's too bubbly and shiny i think yeah. I like, like hand-drawn type cartoons i don't like this new digitalized crap um <laughs> Jimmy, they did the same thing with the um yeah. with the shira uh, yeah, yeah i can't watch it i can't get through it because i just uh-huh. it's too shiny and i just it, it makes me want to stab somebody <laughs> <laughs> you must stab somebody <laughs> stab somebody no not really but it just makes me turn the tv off <laughs> i can't watch the crap but uh even the movies the cartoon movies that they were coming out with in the 90s with the scooby-doo on you know is it which island i think and there's a couple other ones with the zombies and oh my god i know all the music to it <laughs> oh my god wow i loved it i loved it we have them all or at least we did i don't know if we have them anymore i had them on vhs it was great i was watching it <laughs> i have to i don't know like it was never i don't know it's just not my thing i um but i have seen the live action one with with matthew lillard and sarah mm-hmm. geller and Freddie Prince, Freddie Jr. Prince Jr. Yeah, and Linda Cardellini. Mm-hmm. Um, but you keep saying 13 Ghosts. I put that on recently. And that is my favorite, one of my favorite movies. I know I saw it in the theaters back in the day, but I don't remember it. I went to put it on and we both sort of fell asleep watching it. So <laughs> I need so to. You're not hurting my feelings. But no, I, I want to like, <laughs> I want to rewatch it and remember it because I know I liked it when I saw it. Yeah. Um, I think I was just really tired. It's possible. I mean, it's it's a it's a hell house basically. It's a giant puzzle, but um, but yeah, it's so good. I just love it. I like that weird. I like that that stuff. I like paranormal, yeah. you know, stuff. Satanist. I don't want to say Satanist because it's not. Have let's not get all bless the child over here. But <laughs> <laughs> bless the child. Have you um seen the Conjuring movies? I have. Uh, gosh. It's been a while and I get them all confused, but I have seen them. Like, I like all of that stuff. It's the slasher movies that like, even in this one, in this movie, uh, I could definitely appreciate the cast and the story, 
Um, but it just drove me crazy. The, the fighting scenes between the women and, you know, whoever, whichever one it was underneath the mask at the time. Yeah. I couldn't like the guys are terrible. Like they're, these girls were kicking their ass until they put themselves in a stupid spot and then they get dead. Well, like it's so I funny just, though. When you, if you notice that who, whoever it's supposed to be, Billy or Stu, that's chasing whoever, whoever they're chasing. He's like, uh, like, a bumbling idiot the way yeah. he like trips over the furniture or he yeah. falls and... there's like a human a human quality to the dudes you know what i mean when they're trying to be this this killer you yeah, know what i mean it's like, a regular person right but like you lose that sense of like oh like scary the scare yeah. the scariness and that's i think that's what it is you lose that like fear Mm-hmm. when you humanize them in that kind of way when they fall and do something stupid or when the girls pull out this random karate move and flip them on their back and then all, all of a sudden they're stuck in a uh <laughs> in the you know the garage door at, which by the way there's no way that garage door would have lifted that girl up okay <laughs> but we are um, not gonna get into logistics of this film <laughs> because i will not ruin it in my mind no 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 we're not going <laughs> to do that I don't think of any of that bullshit because I love this movie. (laughs) You love this movie so much. No, I'll try to be good. I really did like it, though. I I did. Um, It made me laugh. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's like a comedy horror. I remember what the first time I saw, I remember being like, oh, this is like really funny, too. It's not just like a horror movie. Right. And I I can appreciate that. You know what I mean? It was was not something that was going to like probably give you hopefully not nightmares at night you know like nightmare on elm street (laughs) no it's a fun it's a really good fun like mystery yeah and you really don't know who the killers are but i remember i saw it in the theaters when i was a kid i saw it with my friend who i no longer talked to um because we did like everything together so we're like we're gonna go see scream in the theaters and then i remember taking my little sister bettina um, like the following weekend. So I remember seeing it twice. And it's so funny, Jamie, when I was going through all of my books and stuff, I have um, a Fear Street calendar from 1996. And I wrote in it, saw Scream, like twice <laughs> on my calendar. I remember showing Justin and I was like, look, I even wrote it on my calendar. Like I wrote down when I saw it. Like that, I was, I was like nerding out over myself. You know what? All right. I have, I have a question about the plot that you are probably the only person that might be able to answer it. Okay. So I know that um, Billy... Mm-hmm. Uh, was mad at uh, Sid's mom because she was having an affair with Billy's dad, caused Billy's mom to leave. And, you know, he just went and went pretty much nuts and was like, you're a whore, let me kill you. Right. So mm-hmm. he was only murdering non-virgins at best at this point. So he waited an entire year. And then all of a sudden their friends, they're, they're two people that they went to school with are dead. And I know that the one is Matthew Lillard's ex-girlfriend, right? Drew Barrymore played his ex-girlfriend. Mm-hmm. But I don't really understand why they killed them. And then they turn around and started to go after, like, Sydney. Like, a year later. I get taking it out on the mom. Mm-hmm. And he's upset. And he does what he does. So what is it that triggers him to, to, do, to try to kill again? And then to start with matthews or uh Stu's ex like i'm I'm trying to fit the pieces behind the motive well i think i wasn't sure on i don't think they well they even say like 
motives it doesn't matter if they have a motive it's you know motives are incidental so like I feel like the reason they killed Casey in the beginning and her boyfriend was because they even mentioned that Stu dated Casey but Casey broke out with Stu to go out with Steve so maybe it was just she was just um collateral damage at that point so it was a reason to kill somebody I guess because they never really talked about it yeah they were just they're they're psychos and I mean, I guess that goes back to showing how um, Stu's character kind of broke. He's like, did you really call the police? My mom and dad are going to be so mad, right? I guess that really kind of goes to show his probably his emotional and mental state, if you think about it. No, he doesn't even realize he did anything wrong. Right. Oof, that's crazy. It's a it's a really good movie when you really like like watch it over and over. <laughs> you start picking <laughs> over up and over, start picking notes up. Um, yeah, you start picking things from the movie. No, it like, was it was good. I, I'm that. curious about that. the second one. Who's the murderer in the second one then? Because if there's two, I don't want to tell you if you want to watch it. We actually watched the second one last night. Justin was like, "Put the second one on," and then he we both fell asleep. But I was like, "You're different people, right?" Yeah, they're always like different people, but. It all sort of, there's four of them right now. And there's a brand new one coming out in January, which they're just calling Scream. Um, mm. but so are they, they just copycat killers in the same town? Or are they different towns? They're just copycat killers. Well, the first one, they're in Woodsboro. The second right. one, they're in Windsor College. They're at okay. Windsor College. The third one, they're in um, California. So it's um, all over. It's all okay. over. And then the fourth one, they go back to Woodsboro. And I believe the brand new one that's coming out is going to be set in Woodsboro as well. Um, but I'm really excited to see the new one. Like, Jamie, these movies are like my life. You have no idea. I used to have my mom um, rent, re-rent it for me when she would go to work. She would have to bring the movie back to the video store and then ask if she can re-rent it for me. And she'd be like, they told me I can only do it one more time, Steve, and other people want to watch the movie. <laughs> and I would just sit there and watch it. And then I remember when I heard that they were coming out with a sequel, I um, I got an Entertainment Weekly in the mail, and I remember opening it up because there was like a little blurb in the corner. And um, it said, there was, oh, there was like just a scene from like uh, with Wes Craven and Nev Campbell. And I just read the whole thing and I got so excited. And then that came out in December the following year or 98. I think it was like two years later. I have to double check. But the third one came out a little later. Um, I think that came out in 19 or 2000. I'm not exactly sure. I have to look it all up. But um, they're all sort of connected. Yeah. I just took a peek at the character list for the the cast list for season two. Um just to kind of take a look and by the way i know who killed this in season two too i know who the murderers in scream two not season two yeah that's what i mean (laughs) and the sequel (laughs) and the sequel what does tatum say don't kill me mr ghostface i want to be in the sequel (laughs) i really liked her she was funny yeah she's rose mcgallon did a really good job playing that part too bad she's a fucking weirdo in real life um (laughs) she's the one who came after me about on social media remember yeah anyway everybody's just a little bit passionate (laughs) about their thoughts so before we actually get into the movie um and this is our holiday episode (laughs) we both celebrate christmas we do why don't we just talk really quickly about what our favorite 
holiday slash Christmas memory is. No, right? Or anything. You want to talk about anything. You know how this is, Jamie. We can <laughs> no, go off I... on a tangent about Christmas balls for like an hour. <laughs> we, we totally could. Oh, Christmas tree. Oh, Christmas tree. Your Christmas balls are history. Are hanging. That's what my cat sings every year once the Christmas tree goes up. Those Christmas balls are going down. So all the plastic <laughs> ones are at the bottom of the tree. So that way nothing breaks when they knock it inevitably oh. when they, you know, swap them off the tree. Um, no, so uh, sorry, kids. If you guys are listening, plug your ears because I'm, I'm about to ruin Christmas. Oh, my God. I'm scared. <laughs> Not really ruined. So uh, I was in, uh, I don't know. I don't even know how old I was. But the way our old house was when I was growing up, um, I had a bedroom. And then the living room was like right next to it. Mm-hmm. So um, during Christmas time, if my door was open, the tree is like right there. So mm-hmm. I went to sleep um, and I will never forget it. I don't know if I heard noise or what it was. Something prompted me to sit up. And all I see is my mom's hand under the tree and she's frozen. <laughs> she's oh my looking God. at me because she saw me wake up. So she's putting Christmas tree presents under the tree. Right. And I caught her, but I just went back to sleep. I didn't say anything. I just went good night because <laughs> I like my sleep more apparently than worrying <laughs> about as a child <laughs> where, my, where my presents were coming from. No, but it was. <laughs> You're realistic. <laughs> realistic. I was tired. I like sleep. Uh, that's where all my best, uh, you know, creativity comes from my dreams. So, um, <laughs> I'm a dreamer, okay. I'm a dreamer. <laughs> um, no, it was great. My my brother and I used to have a thing where in the middle of the night we would go and investigate the Christmas presents. Mm-hmm. Everybody be asleep, and we'd be out there with our little flashlights, Aww. you know, picking stuff up and going through. My brother was terrible. He used to find all the presents to the point where my mom would have to like take the presents. Um, and leave them at like our uncle's house or something because my brother oh, was wow. always finding them. Yeah, he found a skateboard one year. He's like, Jane, I got a skateboard for Christmas. I'm like, where did you find that? He's like, it's in the back of the closet. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, are you going through mom's like, like closet? What are you doing? <laughs> my brother was terrible, man. He'd always find everything. It's like, I know what you're getting too. I'm like, I don't want to know. <laughs> I know. Like, don't tell me. I'm like, oh my God, don't tell me. What are you doing? Now, um, so I just they're funny, funny, uh, just funny stuff. They used to make us wait in the bedroom, one of the bedrooms. So we would just pick which bedroom we would go sit in, and we would sit in there and wait until our pop up arrived. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once pop up was here, and everybody had their coffee and mm-hmm. sat down, then we were allowed to come out. Like the the adults all had to be, you know, waiting. There was no rush Christmas morning where the kids were halfway through their presents in the morning and the parents finally get down there. No, we had to wait. We had to wait in our bedrooms until it was time to come out oh. and then we could see the presents. Yeah, it was. That's that's how we did things. <laughs> so you had like fun. a system. We had a system. We always have a system. Yeah. I feel like we always just got up and my parents got up and then we came like even as teenagers. I mean, we have home we videos of it. Like, you know, what's so funny, though. I have to tell you, like you, your Christmas is, or your childhood was ruined because you found out your mom was Santa Claus. <laughs> no, no, it wasn't ruined. <laughs> okay, it wasn't ruined. Well, no. you found out that Santa Claus didn't exist. 
kind of thing. I don't even, to be honest, I don't even know if I already knew it. I don't think I knew at that point because my mom froze. So that makes sense. Um, but I don't think that, I don't remember if that was when we had that conversation or if we did have that conversation or I honestly don't remember how or when I found out that my parents were Santa. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't even remember it, to be honest. It wasn't something, I don't know if I blocked it out because my childhood was ruined or if I just didn't, I don't want to say care, but like, I wasn't heartbroken. I don't know. Does that make sense? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, completely. Jamie, I totally agree with you. Cause I, I, I always say. I don't think I ever believed that Santa Claus was a real thing ever. I always knew my parents are buying presents for us. And like when they would do that thing on the news on Christmas Eve, like the Santa tracker, they would be like, Santa Claus is like in the air. I'm like, it's not real. <laughs> like, I, and I was like young. So I never believed that Santa Claus was real. I don't know why. Yeah. I just, it wasn't like something. I think I was just very like too smart for it. Maybe. I don't know. I just. Maybe. But I don't remember, you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I remember being excited Sure, when I was like real, real little. I probably oh, yeah. Santa Claus but, existed, but like, I don't remember when it changed, yeah. you know, yeah. it just, I don't know if it was a subtle thing or, or, or what, but I don't really, I remember being excited, you know what I mean? Oh, it's Christmas, but I don't ever remember like fearing Santa to the point like where they could like use that you know oh if you're not good santa's not gonna bring it you know what i mean that threat so i don't remember that i don't know i don't know when it changed for me but that was my fun memory (laughs) i think even now is just funny just just because it's like frozen in my brain because it's the only thing that i remember (laughs) it's just my mom's (laughs) hand under the tree and her just frozen (laughs) like if i don't move she'll go back to sleep and i (laughs) did never notice that i'm that i'm doing this (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if I can pick like just one memory, but I'm not going to give you like a million. I just, you know what I really just enjoy about the holiday and Christmas? Like I always enjoyed that like morning and where we're all just like in the living room together. We're opening up our presents. My dad's like drinking coffee or like um, they're making like my, my dad's like making us breakfast and then you know, we're all just like chilling out until like family comes over and we're having like dinner and stuff. But like, I um, just have that mental, uh, like that memory of the whole thing. And just, I I can always like remember that. And just, it just makes me feel happy. So, cause I, you know, it just, it's a good memory. But one of the memories that I have as an adult is when I first started dating Justin, we would like have Christmas Eve over his his mom's because she always did like the seven fishes and stuff and i want to say it was like maybe like the first year we were dating we ended up staying at his mom's that night well at his house because he lived there and we we were like watching six feet under at the time and we were i just remember like just being up watching like six feet under drinking like red wine and I was like this is so nice like this is such a nice moment that it's like Christmas is tomorrow I'm gonna go see my family and you know I'm just gonna I'm just enjoying this now and it sounds so dumb but like no it's like a sweet memory but I don't know I um I just I just really like the holiday it's like taking me a while to get into it this year I feel like it like crept up on us super fast you know yeah I agree but I don't know I'm like I don't know. I always say Christmas is a holiday for kids anymore, but I love, I love being able to like give my nieces and nephews like stuff and like, you know, they're getting older too, but it's exciting. I'm like, 
makes me feel good to like buy for them and see them open their stuff. But, um, but I know I said it during our Thanksgiving episode. It just, this holiday just reminds me of my mom and like how much my mom loved it. And it makes me a little sad because I wish that she was still here, you know, obviously, but you know, I I got like a lot of memories. (laughs) Everybody does. (laughs) I don't want to make it like depressing, but Christmas is important to everybody in different ways. And, you know, the holidays are, I always loved New Year's. New Year's was important to me. That's when I started dating Justin. That's when we met on New Year's Eve at a New Year's Eve party. And um, it's so funny. He used to like, whatever cologne he was wearing on New Year's, even like years after I used to be like, he smelled like New Year's when he would wear it. And it would like me, like make me feel good. But yeah, um, yeah, I don't know. I just can't believe it's here already. You know, I know. I I mean, it's next week. Well, for us, it's next week. But for it's us, next it's week. next week. Technically, it's now because if you're listening to this now, it's Christmas. <laughs> but yeah, it's crazy. It's just crazy. And then it'll be it, like I said it too. I said it's gonna be in the summer. I said it's gonna be Christmas before you know it. Before you know it, and it's Christmas. So yep, it just keeps going by. You just know. blink and a week passes. You blink and then it's a month, and you're like, "What is happening with my I life?" I know it's crazy. So, and it's another year. It's going to be 2022, and we're still in a pandemic. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. Well, so now that we're done with that depressingness, um, <laughs> I was all funny, and then you just brought it way down. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe the holidays just. Um, I obviously have good memories of Christmas and stuff, Yeah, no. but I think it's just a different thing for me now. I don't know. I get it. You know what I love, Jamie? I just like being able to sit in my living room with like the lights off. And look at all the pretty things. And the lights. Yeah. Like, yeah, me too. I just enjoyed (laughs) that. Just that moment. Yeah. It's so peaceful and nice. And I know it'll happen before Christmas. You'll get there, right? You'll have everything up. You'll turn yeah. all your lights out, except for the ones that are on the tree and around your windows. Yeah. And, you know, you'll sit there with your glass of wine and maybe have some Christmas music playing and you'll just be at peace. That's uh, that's how it felt the weekend that we decorated that night. Actually, we drank like three bottles of wine and just sat there and we were listening to like metal Christmas music. <laughs> and it was... <laughs> And it was perfect. It was good. Now I got sick of listening to the same Christmas songs over and over and over again. Like I I like the season. Don't get me wrong. I do love Christmas, but sometimes the music just gets on my nerves because it's the same like 50 songs on repeat. Um, So I switched it up and I said, let's see if we can find some metal big Christmas music. And they make, and it exists. There are rock bands out there that are producing Christmas metal and it's, fucking fantastic <laughs> and it's a nice uh change of pace you know it's not the sleepy christmas music but the stuff you can listen to in the background and still be motivated to do things besides take a nap because i feel like that's what christmas music really makes me want to do go to sleep <laughs> for santa you know, you know what you know when i'll get really in the spirit i think i'm going to try to bake some this weekend so Ooh. i um i'll put some the new Kelly Clarkson CD on that I got, or the new Kelly Clarkson Christmas album. I have like a whole playlist for Christmas that I love that like that I've always listened to. I still I, have not heard All I Want for Christmas by Mariah Carey. Yes. You haven't? <laughs> yes. And I consider this a success. I have not heard it yet this year. <laughs> you don't like that song? I love that song. I do. Listen, I 
love that album, the Christmas album. Yeah. I, I used to listen to it all the time as a kid on repeat. I know all the songs and all the words. I love it. But it gets played out and I can't handle it anymore. <laughs> well, you know what I hate right now on TikTok? How they made it um, like a song about eating food or something. I haven't even I haven't been on TikTok in like a little bit. No, I, I get into these holes, but no, there there's oh, somebody yeah. just singing it and they sing they sound terrible. And they're they're singing like all I want for Christmas is food. And it's just like people eating or like showing all their food that they love. And it's the oh. most annoying thing. As I was scrolling through it, it was it came up like a hundred times. I said, I can't listen to this anymore. Yeah. That's what drives me nuts about TikTok, because it's just all follow culture. It's all they do, all these dumb trends that they do. They're not trends. All right. Well, I'm glad that we talked about our favorite or not favorite Christmas memories, but why don't we get into my favorite movie in the whole wide world, Scream. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do this thing. All right. So um, a couple of things before we start talking about it, I want to just say that it was released December 20th, 1996, directed by Wes Craven, Written by Kevin Williamson, which is the reason why we're doing it on this podcast. <laughs> it stars David Arquette as Deputy Dewey, Nev Campbell as Sidney Prescott, Courtney Cox, Gal Weathers, Skeet Ulrich as Billy Loomis, Matthew Lillard as Stu Mocker, Jamie Kennedy as Randy Meeks, Rose McGowan as Tatum Riley, and Drew Barrymore as Casey Becker. Can I just say the basic actors and the main actors in the movie? Yeah. Can I just say how awesome? <clears throat> The name Skeet is. I know. Like, where does that come from? Like, where? I wonder where he. Oh, I wonder if his name comes from. Because his name is like his last name's Ulrich, I think. And Mm -hmm. I want to know. I want to know what kind of name that is. Where are the origins? Uh, Nickname Skeet originated from Skeeter, a nickname he was given the little league coach because of his small stature and because he was fast as a mosquito. Okay, so that's not actually his name. What is Skeet Ulrich's real name? Brian Ray Trout. <laughs> I told you. That's probably a, a stage name. <laughs> Definitely. Because uh, I was going to say, Skeet, like, either there's something behind this name or his parents hated him. Um, in this <laughs> case, <laughs> it's not actually his name. He chose it. So and that's fine. <laughs> it works for him. It totally works for him. You know, him, him, Matthew Lillard, and Nev Campbell still do, um, like, cons where they you know, comic cons and all that stuff where they mm-hmm. horror cons where they go and they talk about the movie and they do autographs and stuff like that. I think it's really cool. I think Jamie Kennedy does really too, cool. but there's a bunch on YouTube where the three of them are together and they like genuinely love still talking about the movie, which is great. That's awesome. So I'm glad they had so much <clears throat> fun, you know, making it. I have to say oh. these movies, they're really not my favorite type of movies, but you have opened a new door for me, Stephen, because oh. now I'm watching the Halloween movies a little bit. Yeah. And I, I actually kind of, I enjoyed this one. Um, which are you going to watch the sequels? I mean, if they show up, I'm not going to turn it off. You know what I mean? Maybe I'll, I'll I'll watch them or see if I can find them if they're all on Pluto or... I think they're all Paramount. on Paramount+. Plus. I had trouble streaming it from Paramount. We actually ended up having to go back to Pluto. Oh, really? Yeah. That's it was awesome. weird. It, like, would not load. And then I tried <clears throat> to fast forward it to get to where we were. And it just was spinning and spinning and spinning. And I'm like, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> so we went back to Pluto. All right. And Pluto remembered where we were, where we left off. It was great. We just jumped back on the app and was like, oh, like you're back. Pluto. Here you go. 
I like Pluto yeah. TV. There yeah. was like a random Saturday where Urban Legends was on and I started watching that. That's I actually, I like that. I like the first one. I didn't see Me any too. of the other ones, but that has Ryan Phillippe in it, right? No, I think we said this before. It has Jared Leto in it. And Joshua really? Jackson, Hold the on. original. Yeah. Ryan Phillippe's and I Know What You Did Last Summer. Oh, that's where I'm getting confused. See, they all come out, <laughs> they all come out at the same freaking time. Yes. And I get them all confused. And it's, the, it's Scream's fault because after Scream, all of these movies started coming out. Yeah. Thanks, Scream. You got my head all messed up. <laughs> I'm so confused all the time. Um, I'm like trying to see pictures of the movie because... I, I know I liked this movie. Oh, that's right. Joshua Jackson had like the blonde hair. Right. He did it. He did it right after the first season of Dawson's Creek. Yeah. Because when he came back, he had the he had the streaks. Remember? Right. Yeah, I do. I get the that one confused. And I know what you did last summer confused. But I know I know urban legend takes place on like campus, like a college campus or something. Because I remember them <laughs> doing Bloody Mary thing in the mirror in some abandoned wing somewhere. So listen to me. I think I think that's what happened. <laughs> Somebody fell off a building, I think. Oh, I don't remember. I could be getting my legends confused. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> They're I all urban you, legends, though. <laughs> I think you're thinking of Scream 2. No, really? Hold on. Yeah, Sarah Michelle Gellar dies in Scream 2 by being thrown off a building in college. Oh, shit. <laughs> You're getting everything mixed up. <laughs> See, and then this one says something about the roommate. And then I think about the killer roommate person who was a woman who was like, what's the one where the roommate, they're women, uh, and the roommate like stalks her or whatever? I don't know. Some Single white female? No, it was something older, I think. I don't know. Our movie? Yeah. That's the only one I can think of, single white female. All right, but I'm going to move on. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, so everybody knows Jamie just gets all of her stuff confused, especially <laughs> when they came out at the same time. I yeah. can't I can't do it. So. Which is which is one of your best qualities, Jamie. So. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Perpetually constantly it. confused. <laughs> <laughs> um so a couple of more fun facts is that the original title was Scary Movie until the studio changed it to Scream. Um, I don't know the, the actual reason. I feel like there was another movie coming out with the title Scary Movie and they had to call it Scream. And then I don't know. Hold on. When, when did the scary movies start coming out? After this. All it says here is that the title throughout production scream was known as scary movie which is a fun fact bob weinstein and disgraced the film producer harvey weinstein of miramax told director wes craven and his crew that they had to change it i think it's because there was another movie that was coming out titled scary movie but it wasn't parody movies yeah it wasn't those maybe it fell through and they couldn't change it at that point and then they said huh we'll do something else We'll make it funny. I mean, it was already kind of funny. It made me laugh. I liked it. (laughs) I love that they called it Scream. If it was called Scary Movie, I feel like it would be a totally different film. Oh, so this this movie, probably in the beginning, right? So in the opening credits, um, Drew Barrymore's on the phone with, you know, this guy who keeps calling her and and she's just, you know, no big deal, whatever. Um, Just because she thinks she knows. Well, I don't know. She honestly, she was really pleasant to anybody that calls in on the phone like that you don't know because i would not be so nice no. <laughs> if you could call him like that i'd be like leave me the fuck alone <laughs> who are you but um there's this you know the whole thing with her screaming on the phone and i can see you and 
I want to know who I'm who I'm looking at. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There is a there is a song that makes me think of this all the time. I'm trying to find it because I can never remember the name of it. Oh yeah, it's by Ice Nine Kills, and it's called Your Numbers Up. <laughs> never even heard of them. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. But um, it's literally it's a metal song, I guess. I don't know what kind of metal genre you really want to put it under, but. In the beginning, it's a phone call, and he's the killer, and he's talking to, you know, your parents' home. When was it out? When did it come Um, out? I don't know. Ice Man Kills is not... I don't think they're... Hold on. Let me look. I wonder Um, if you scream as inspiration. Probably. And and she's like, you know, why? And he's like, I want to know who I'm looking at. And then, I don't know. I love the song. What did I say the song was called? This is the problem with me. Scream? No. Uh, Your number's up, right? So let me see when that was released. Yeah, look. So when I looked... That popped up with a, a video of Scream. Oh, yeah. So it's probably in their music video. I haven't um, watched their music video. I listen they, to it on Spotify all the time. Yeah, then they used it as inspiration. Uh, yeah, this song was released in 2018. So I knew it wasn't that old. Oh, yeah. But the song's called Your Number's Up. And since you're a big Scream fan, you might get a kick out of it. You might not love it. <laughs> I'm writing it down. What, but who are they called again? Ice, like the cube. <laughs> Nine, the number. And then kills with an S. Ice nine kills. Wrote it down. The so the original title was Scary Movie, but the production or the producers actually made Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson change it to Scream. Um, they don't really give a reason why. I always thought because there was another movie that was coming out called Scary Movie, which eventually was the parody movies, but I don't think that had anything to do with the current scream it, maybe there was i know what you mean but maybe there was and then they maybe didn't get enough funding for it and the production fell apart so that happens but i i think scream better suits it than scary movie right but i don't know if that's just because to me scary movie or the parody movies <laughs> right so when you think of scary movie you think of those movies obviously right. which it, also brings you back to scream because they're making fun of scream basically in yeah. the movies but um yeah i, I mean I like I feel I feel like Scream definitely works for these movies though. Right. Um, scary. I, I, I really like these. They were entertaining, is what <laughs> it was. It wasn't like the type of movie where like your heart's gonna fall out of your chest because you don't know what's gonna happen. Like it's frightening. They broke up that tension. Right. And I think a lot of that has to do with the cast too, because I mean Matthew Lillard's a funny guy. <laughs> I feel like you know what I mean? Um, the ca- the, even the way that they did the casting, I just, and I love oh. how there are all these like big screen actors. It's not like it's a B-rated movie, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Love it's it. like a legit scary movie, but I also liked David Arquette, the way he acted in this, like how he was sort of like an idiot, but he wasn't. And oh yeah. Their friend, um, what they call him? What's his name? Dewey, Deputy Dewey. Oh yeah. The way Tatum just comes at him all the time. It's so funny. She's like, it took me a minute to realize they were related in this. Yeah. I know. The the whole scene in the police station, is that what you were going to say? Yes. (laughs) I love that. She's like, let's go. He's like, come on out of my place of work. And then she had the entire precinct like snickering at him because, you know, he goes, (laughs) he's the older, he's the older brother. (laughs) He goes, it's my uh, superior. And she goes, the janitors are superior. But yeah. the whole scene when after Sydney gets attacked in her house and they're in the ambulance and uh, Tatum goes, Sydney's staying at our house. And he goes, does mom know? And she's like, yeah, 
it's just she's like yeah doofus <laughs> um he was funny even when she called him first of all the police got there so fast and i have a question about the whole like instant message 911 thing because i don't remember that ever being a thing i know i said that <laughs> last night too <laughs> but you know when when she finally gets down to downstairs right because she's making a run for it she her boyfriend comes through the window just after she was attacked in the house because mm-hmm. um, he couldn't get through the front door you know he drops the phone she takes off because she thinks it's him and she gets down the stairs and by the time she gets down the stairs and opens the door dewey's there and he's got the mask in his hand and he's like oh wait okay you know guys come on let's go and like how did the police get there that fast she literally just i am them i literally thought the same thing last night because it's not something that i really ever thought about but i think so when they are when she's trapped in her room and the killer is trying to get in her room right which was really smart by the way what she did with the doors with the the door butted up against so yeah they do that trick with the doors right Mm -hmm. so when he's trying to get in and she's like looking back at him and seeing that he's still trying to get in and then she's like focusing on the call to 911 on the computer yeah it's sort of like you're supposed to just think like it's taking a while for that to go through but he had already left right yeah and Okay, so where did Billy come from? So, so you think there was like a he... time lapse between while she was on the computer yes. between when he left, made it outside, and then you know dropped the gear. He was probably stripping as he was running because he's like, "Oh crap, she's contacting the police. I need to be somebody else," you know. And then he climbs through the window, like, "Hey, what's going on? I couldn't get through the front door. Are you okay?" You know. I also um, think that they were probably, <laughs> this is just my opinion. I also think that they were sort of watching Sydney because they knew of her mom's murder the year before and the murders that were happening. So maybe they thought there was a connection. So maybe that's how they got there that fast too. But okay. that's never like explained. That's just something like, it's just something that you can think about, you know? It, well, it is because later when they're at um, uh, like Stu's party, Mm-hmm. And all that stuff's going on and they try to, you know, she flips the squi- this the script on them, so to speak. Uh-huh. Um, and she does the call thing. She's like, oh, by the way, I already called the police. It took them forever to get out there and to that mm-hmm. farmhouse, you know? <laughs> so, the which, by thing. the way, this town that they live in, beautiful. I want to move there. I know. Like, I don't even care about the murders. <laughs> well, they're ho- the homes are huge. Like, they're, Well, they're all farmhouses and then they've got the rolling hills behind them. It's gorgeous. It reminds me of certain areas of Pennsylvania that's, um, you know, just a couple more hours west of here. And it's just gorgeous. And I would move out there in a heartbeat, but I could not handle the commute. <laughs> I know. I wouldn't be able to do it either. But Sydney, Sydney got a bus ride home from it. I know. She, you know she was definitely not super far. I love, I, okay. I always was like, oh, Sydney's rich because not only is, is her house huge, but I was like, she has two outdoor tables on her ginormous deck outside and a I chaise thought, lounge <laughs> I, I was thinking about that too because because they have like these little mini living rooms all throughout the house uh-huh. i mean the deck makes sense because when you have large decks it's usually for people who like to entertain and in order to entertain you need seating so that made sense to me um i also recognize the fact that in rural areas like that it is actually a little bit cheaper but it also has to do with their cost of living so i don't know what her parents are doing for a living or her father i should say um but good on him <laughs> I know. I'm, sure, I'm sure the life insurance probably helped i'm assuming that they had life insurance <laughs> so terrible oh my god but rural areas you know 
if you make a decent amount of money, they tend to be a little bit easier for you to afford. Um, because like I said, cost of living, but yeah, the houses, they were out there. They were gorgeous. I don't know where, what state that was supposed to be in or if the town even is real, but they were in, they were in California, I believe. Um, was it? it was gorgeous wherever oh. they were. So maybe it was wine country. I don't know. <laughs> I think so. I want to say, yeah, Probably. but even Casey Becker's house, the opening house, that's that yeah, house yeah, that was went crazy. up for sale recently for over like a million dollars. So they're like, you know, huge estates on all this land. Whenever I talk about how, like, I want to live away from people, I yeah. always think of Casey Becker's house. Yeah, that house is pretty, too. She had, like, all the trees near her. It was kind of secluded. Mm-hmm. Um, so she had the pool in the background with her dead boyfriend tied to a chair. <laughs> oh, my God. So, think- wait, before we continue on, wait, what do you want to say? <laughs> so do you think he peed his pants while he was sitting in that chair? Oh, probably. <laughs> I'm just curious. He probably did when he was like getting ready to be murdered. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and I mean, like, I wonder how they overpowered him. Do you think they overpowered him together? Or if it was just one of them that overpowered him. And how did they do that? Because I, I feel think like- it was, I think it was just Billy because they said Stu. So this is like another thing about this movie. People, if you listen to a lot of podcasts that review this movie or recap the movie, there's a lot of people that go, well, who do you think killed who? Did which part? Yeah. And it's never something that I really ever thought about. I always just kept it just sort of like separate. As it was. Yeah. Yeah. Because I always just thought of it as one person. And the the finale of the movie is when we just see the two of them working together as like one, you know? But I want to say Billy killed Casey and Steve. Um, because Stu mentions that he was with Tatum the whole night. And um, when Billy's arrested, his father even says, you went out. I didn't even know you went out. And he says he went for a drive. So he planned that whole thing with murdering Casey and Steve. And then he ended up going to Sydney's house after. Um, so, yeah, I think I think he killed them. That makes, that makes sense. I think Stu murdered Tatum because yeah. he disappeared when, well, he told her where to go, too. He said, hey, will you right. get me a beer? The doorbell rang. Gail Weathers and, comes in. He says, I'm going to go get a camera. And yeah. he says, uh, Tatum, can you go get me another beer? And he just disappears after that. And when he comes back, he even says, did anybody see Tatum? And I think, yeah. he, I think he killed Tatum. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Because it wasn't until a little bit later that Billy showed up at the house. And everybody was already kind of starting to leave. Yeah, he showed up right around that time. He just mm. disappeared. But she was looking for her. Um, She got up and was looking yeah. for her or whatever. And then the doorbell rang again. And she was standing there. And pe- some people were leaving still. Like It was like, it was like I guess it was getting down. closer to their, um, their curfew. So people were leaving. Right. And some were staying. The ones that were drinking were staying. And then, you know, he just kind of pops from around the corner. Yeah. He just appears. I just, I don't think he was there the entire time. I definitely think that he was the one that was responsible for Tatum. Stu or Billy? Stu. But then I was like, Stu's so tall. Yeah. (laughs) Matthew Lillard and that. I I feel like he wasn't quite that tall. It's see, like, I can't think about it because it'll drive me nuts. I don't want to, I don't want to know. I just, I I like that they leave it to your imagination. Yeah, they definitely do. They definitely do. Yeah. I like go down this black hole. I know it'll be like, (laughs) And I love how we're talking about the houses too. We have such well, a we always do. Houses. We love the listen, we like architecture, especially <laughs> well in the, in the in the end when uh Sydney's running through the house away from Ghostface, yeah. um she it's like I said this house is like a maze. 
Like she yeah, every time door. she turns around, it's another door and another door. Yeah. And I'm like, how many times has she been to this to his to Steve's house that she knows where the hell she's going? Because I would have been so lost. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, <laughs> I heard like, this room connects to this room that connects to this room, and then this one is you know leads to a hallway that leads to the steps, but so does the other way. And I'm just like, how big is this house? I know. I was like, I want to go there. Well, I know that it's going to be. I know that it's going to be a major um uh location for the new scream. Um, okay that comes out so they're, they're literally going back to to home yep so i'm excited to see it i i'm gonna take my niece adriana because she loves casey becker she loves the first scream but i don't think she's seen the rest of them and i said mm-hmm. we're gonna we'll sit and watch all of them and then i'll take her like on a, like a sunday or monday night or something Love so that. i want to go when it's not crowded because i don't think i thought it was going to be on paramount plus i think it's just going to be in theaters and I'm like, I'm going to go. I have to see this movie, but um, I have another question eventually, but I just don't want to forget. Go ahead. Okay, We're just so having I, a discussion. We are having a discussion. <laughs> We're so, having an um, open discussion about my favorite movie, Jamie. <laughs> I know. And you're like the, the scream guru. So I'm, mm-hmm. I'm asking the right person. So another question that I had, cause I was, you know, while I was watching the movie, I was cheating. I was looking into like the reasoning behind it and who did, you know, cause I wanted, I wanted to know, I didn't want to wait until you get to the end and then look it up. So, um, <laughs> I, I wanted to know it so so that way I could catch all of this stuff since to me it was like the first time watching it and I didn't have time to watch it a second time to see all the little like uh tales I wanted to know what I needed to watch out for while I was watching the movie so I cheated um uh, I read this one section where they said that Billy and Stu also had a romantic relationship but like I don't know if I really picked up on that vibe so is that something that comes up later or is this just speculation from fans okay so Jamie I brought this up in a very early episode of our podcast. I don't know if you remember, clearly you don't remember because you're asking me, but. Well, I I didn't watch this movie to really probably put the, to click it together. So I have to tell you, I never ever looked at Stu and Billy as being in a relationship. Romantic, right? Me either. So I feel like. There's a lot of like horror fanboys, the, the horror community that look at this movie and see those two and relate it to queer horror i don't Mm. see this movie as being a queer horror movie it's written by a gay man he has fully admitted in an article recently that there are subtle what is it what did he say there's like subtle gay context within the movie Mm -hmm. and he does he does sort of like insinuate that it is billions too but he said he didn't like blatantly say it i'd I'll have to like pull up the, the article and like link it in our instagram but yeah so I always was so opposed to this, Jamie, to the point where it just bothered me. And I said, unless Kevin Williamson like fully admits that Stu and Billy are in a gay relationship, I'll believe it. But when they're in the video store and Randy, mm-hmm. they're like sort of like, so Stu is behind Randy and Billy is like. They're like close. Like, yeah. And then he's on his shoulders uh-huh. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The way Stu is sort of just like gazing at at uh billy yeah and even at the end where they were sort of like um real close yeah he does the same thing to him when when he's uh when billy's like in sydney's face yeah wow that is kind of gay i never really noticed noticed it it, but i I, see it now but i don't looking for it right oh yeah but i don't think they were like sleeping together i mean no 
I think so. I was like, I was wondering about this because that was one of the things I was also trying to pay attention to when I saw that is to see if I could see those little hidden like tells that are in there. Mm-hmm. And I, I said the same thing. They were all very, very close uh, in the in the movie store. But I think some of that really had to do with Billy just kind of zeroing in on this guy. You uh-huh. know what I mean? He's just kind of like I did, I saw it more on. Stu's side than Billy's. I feel like Billy's very Me focused too. on what it is, and Stu kind of idolizes it. And not Stu idolizes him. Mm-hmm. And then again, when they're in the kitchen, uh, you know, with her, and they're all covered in blood and everything, Stu or you know, Billy's very close to Sydney. He's like practically on top of Sydney, mm-hmm. and Stu's just right up his ass. So I just I don't <laughs> no know. Pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. But like I don't know if it's on Billy's side or if it's just still kind of idolizing him and i feel like you know even the way he reacted with did you really call the police like oh my parents are gonna kill me even though he's like bleeding to death right now um i feel like he's idolizes him definitely and probably kind of sees him in a different way i think mentally maybe he might have a few screws loose and i don't know if some of that is because he idolizes billy and he kind of might even have that like um what do you call it when you you're you're like oh my god it's a freight what is it's a condition when you're um like held captive by somebody and then eventually you kind of oh um munchausen is that what that is no that's not munchausen no it's um stockholm syndrome (laughs) stockholm syndrome that's it it's a syndrome (laughs) so i i'm like kind of wonder if you know besides the fact that he was idolizing him you know and whatever he might have a little bit of like stockholm syndrome you know he helped with this murder and now he's in it and i don't i don't i don't know you know i feel i don't know i don't know if it's i think he just really i feel like Stu is almost sort of um, and Randy even says this. I think I feel like Stu was always Billy's little lapdog. And yeah, Stu yeah, dog. Stu looked up to Billy. And when they formed this plan, he was all in. And I think, like you said, Stu and Billy both had a screw loose. And Billy just went along with anything Billy said because he was like so excited just to do whatever he was doing. And yeah. I think that whether or not it was a romantic thing in Stu's head. I don't think it was ever romantic with Billy, but no. I think that if like Stu maybe had like a man crush on Billy and was just very happy to do whatever he wanted. That's yeah, how I, I look at it. I don't think they were necessarily gay or no. they were in a gay relationship. I totally disagree with it, but I do see the subtle things that he does in the movie yeah between them but i don't think it was in a sexual manner you know what i mean i mean it could have been a little bit on Stu's side but i don't think that billy um maybe he might have been aware but i definitely think he's hetero in that kind of way i yeah i fully believe billy was simply just honed in on sydney and just wanted to fucking get her back and kill her and just whatever it was he had to get back at her because of her mother and um he it had nothing to do his his plan had nothing to do with Stu. it had everything to do with sydney but Stu had this whole other thing in his head that was going on with following billy and he had a fantasy going on in his in his brain for sure uh because he was totally into it but he was losing it at the end uh i still just 
I just wish that I could understand what the motive is. And this is probably part of the reason why I don't watch or even sometimes read thrillers that much because I want to understand the motive. And then sometimes you don't really get a motive and it, it bothers me. It's like a puzzle without a, like a, a solve, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a puzzle without an answer. Um, like, like I said, I understand why they went after his mom or her mom. I understand that. I just don't know why he played with her for so long. He finally got her to sleep with him and then he just went nuts. So like, I don't, it it bothers me, Stephen. I don't understand. I I don't understand. Because I think Billy knew that that would fuck Sydney up even more because knowing that she slept with her mother's killer. Yeah. And later he, you know, he killed whoever, however many her and people in her life. And now she's like connected to him this whole like for the rest of her life this is like some angel shit and jealous shit okay because <laughs> like <laughs> like from He's a my psycho. from my impression he was dating her before everything went to shit right like he was already yeah. with her he said you know we were hot and heavy when we started and everything was great and then your mom died and you like you know cooled off and that so he's been with her for a while he's been with her longer than that mm-hmm. so did like any of his feelings for her even exist at all, even before the chaos that happened with with the parents? Like, I don't think so. For him to just be able to kind of switch, I just <sighs> this is why I didn't go any deeper into psychology. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he, Jamie. He even I don't says know how it. The brain works. He even I says know how it. His brain works. Well, he says it at the very end that uh, he's. What does he say? I didn't, I didn't write like direct quotes down. Just, in the movie, I but. mean, he said that we don't really need a motive, but then he's like, you know, because your mom, and I know that's what he blames everything on his mom or her mom and his dad was having an affair. Notice how he doesn't blame his father. He um, basically says that he tells her that they don't have a motive, but her mother was fucking his father, making his mother leave and abandon him, which is the reason why he did all this, which we both understand. Yeah. Yeah, he had abandonment issues because of his mother, but like I see that part. But he, but he doesn't have a real motive for doing what he's doing. He just basically even says we like before he shoots Randy. He even says we all go a little mad sometimes because he's quoting um, Psycho. So he, he shoots Randy, and we're like, he's crazy. He's just crazy. There's no yeah. real reason for him to do it other than they watch back too many movies. Yes. That's basically the point of it. He watches way too many scary movies. He even and, says you know, this to Sydney, probably life, he even says <laughs> this is all a big movie. This, and Sydney's like, it's this is this is real life. This isn't a movie. And he goes, no, it's all a big movie. In his all head, right, Dawson. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very relatable. It's like, Kevin Kevin Williamson like, comes like full Dawson circle with everything he does. Yes, <laughs> I'm so glad that you saw that. Um. Uh, but geez, I like I, I forgot what I was gonna say though. I got distracted no. with the Dawson thing. Um <laughs> I <laughs> how about we talk about the opening real quick? Because I wanna say when I Drew first Barrymore. saw this movie. I love Drew Barrymore. I, I completely forgot that she was in it, even if she was only in it for like eight minutes, but I know. um it made me really happy because it popped on and I was like, is that Drew Barrymore? And the like, <laughs> I so don't funny. know. I'm like, that's Drew Barrymore. <laughs> I love her. <laughs> so I remember when I saw this in the theaters and after watching Drew Barrymore get killed off, yeah. I thought I thought that they were like doing it was like a movie in the movie. I said, wait, is this like a movie in the movie or something? How are they Why? killing her off? Yeah. yeah. 
I thought we were like watching a movie in the movie. And then when they proceeded into the next scene, I said, they just killed Drew Barrymore off. How did, what? Like, what is happening? She's like a big name star compared to everybody else in the film. She's only in the movie for like eight minutes. It Um, was crazy. I was confused. I'm not going to lie. At first, even I was confused because, you know, we're in there with Drew um, because I don't remember the actual character's name. Casey Becker. The whole thing with the phone and the boyfriend, you know, out back of the pool and turn the light off, turn the light on and answer my questions and hope you're wrong. Um, But um, well, the next scene afterwards, we end up what, uh, like at a school, I think. No, we're at Sydney's house, Billy. We're at Sydney's house. And then we're at a school. And I'm like, I was confused in the timeline. I'm like, was this like a while ago? Are we at somebody else's house? That's at the same thing. Like what's happening? And then after that, we're at a school. Well, they explain it eventually. Yeah. I just, (laughs) I didn't realize it at first. And I was like, oh, these people all know each other. I was like, but I figured it out. It's fine. It's fine. You were really overthinking this, weren't you, (laughs) Jamie? Why don't you just watch the movie and listen to the dialogue? <laughs> she goes, I just Casey, wanted to understand. <laughs> she goes, Casey Becker and Stephen Orth were killed last night. Stephen, these are names to characters. Let me repeat this. <laughs> I can't. I can't with you. <laughs> these are names. You should be proud that I remembered Sydney, Billy, and Stu. What is Courtney Cox's uh, character's name? I don't know. She's the reporter. <gasps> Gal Weathers. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, that's right. Gail. She's Gail like a gay Weathers. icon. <laughs> but, like, see what I mean? I don't know. I just know that. Uh, I, I couldn't know. remember her name was Courtney Cox. It was the girl from Friends. Oops. I don't even. <laughs> I can't even hold it against you at this point. So, I don't think anybody can. It's just the way that it is with my head. It I wonder if like me. <laughs> I wonder if people who listen to this will listen to this are going to be like, how does she not know their name? I don't know. If they haven't figured out by this episode that I'm not good with names, <laughs> then I don't know what they've been listening to. It <laughs> hasn't been our show. <laughs> they're probably going, they're probably screaming at their like out loud to like <sighs> Jamie. But, I know you guys are chanting for me. I know you're trying to, you know, put those names into my head, you know, through <laughs> I don't know waves of air. I don't. You're putting it out in the universe. <laughs> for you. You're putting it out there in the universe for me, and it's sorry, but it's like I've got tinfoil on my brain. It's you know, it's fine. probably an HBO, but you guys are bouncing right off. So, <laughs> so, so that opening scene um, becomes something Kevin Williamson does throughout the rest of the Scream series. And it it eventually turns into what he does on Dawson's Creek with the opening of every episode with that like beginning shot in the bedroom and all that stuff. So it sort of like turns into like his sort of um, like a trademark that he has. Um, <laughs> but the opening of Scream, the original Scream was so good and so like terrifying. It keeps you on your toes. You're like, this girl's going to get away. Her parents are coming up the drive. You know, the the boy, she watched her boyfriend get gutted right in front of her. No way Drew Barrymore is going to die in this film. When he comes up behind her and starts chasing her and then stabs her in the shoulder, in the shoulder, I was like shocked. I was like, I cannot believe they stabbed Drew Barrymore. So, when, <laughs> and then, and then, you know, they end up doing what they do to her they like gut her and they hang her from a tree and the mom finds her and it's just it really affects you as a as a viewer 
like watching yeah, especially team. if you're um it always i feel like it always catches you off guard when you have big named actors and actresses getting killed off right in the beginning and you're like mm-hmm. but but why you know well um, it was actually drew barrymore's idea because she was up for the, they wanted her to play sydney and she couldn't commit to the role so she said why don't i play this casey becker character the audience will never see it happening and yeah. it'll well, set up it was a good move it was a good yeah move. it was great and she's always known for casey becker too she even talks about it all the time on her talk show like when halloween comes around she always dresses up as casey becker um and she did like a screen watch along when it was on uh tv last halloween it was cool like the other uh actors from the film were like live tweeting with the movie so even she's still a part of this whole thing even though she was you know but her role was so important to the movie because it oh, sets yeah. us up for this like movie it sets and, the scene exactly yeah it sets everything up so um i just always always love that opening scene and i think out of all the films it's probably my favorite one my favorite opening because it's just you don't see it coming no you don't. you don't expect it and, and i have to cat- say like the cat and mouse between the two of them with the game and she doesn't she's like jason 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 and he's like you're wrong and she's like she's like no i saw that movie 20 goddamn times and he's like then you would know jason's mother was the original killer and she's like you tricked me and she's like fuck i'm not gonna make it i think i'm gonna die i think these these, whoever is doing this is gonna kill me like she's being like tortured like mentally tortured and then she's physically tortured it's such a crazy smart opening scene for this movie it was very well done um i really like you said with the cat and the mouse because you're like she's gonna make it you know she like Mm -hmm. gets out of the house while he's in the house and um you know i i just (laughs) it's one of those movies where you want to scream at them and i mean it even gets brought up later towards the end of the movie about the do's and the don'ts of how to survive a horror film and he's like you don't do this yeah you don't do this you don't do this and <laughs> the entire time this is like what's happening you know what i mean right. um and so you you just like in the beginning you're just yelling at her you know like stay low keep going don't stop running i don't know why she stops she stops like twice and just stands there and i'm like yeah. well you know a part you know a part still makes like my toes curl when she's she can't speak because you like he like he was strangling her at one point yeah she's she's on the front porch and you see her parents walking in the house and she's i would be slamming on stuff that's what i was like i always say it's still like why are you doing or something she had the the phone phone. in her hand the entire time you know what i mean throw it drives me crazy you're standing right there keep running why did she stop you know like i it's so it's so hard to watch. It still it's drives hard. me nuts. It it's still drives hard. me nuts. And then it's, and then the mm-hmm. mom literally hears her being gutted, like yeah, like, over the through phone. the phone. Yeah, exactly. And not to well, I'm going to bring this up again. That song from Ice Nine Kills. Uh huh. That kind of is in there. What like, uh, you hear them being gutted? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's freaking great. Honestly, <laughs> if you guys like that kind of stuff, or you like you know some, some metalcore. <laughs> I gotta listen to this song now. <laughs> but you like the slasher stuff with the phone calls and the pranks. Like if you enjoy this, just give the give this give the song a chance, okay? <laughs> give the song. You might laugh a little bit because you're like, huh, this is cool. It's like it's like a horror song, but it's it's I don't know. I feel like I mean I, I think it, it was obviously inspired by Scream. I haven't watched the music video, so I don't know, but it looks like that's how their video is. I don't I just listen to them, but um 
I'm telling you, you, you'll probably get like a kick out of the song, even just for like a minute. <laughs> I'll listen to it. I'll, I'll see it. I'll watch the video yeah. too. I might have to watch the video after we're done this because I'm very curious now. I am too now. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. But um, that and then the other scene with the garage door. So there are two garage doors. Right. Right. And she only ever hits the one with the cat door in it and then tries to squeeze herself through the cat door. I just (laughs) she already so she hit it and she already knows that that garage door isn't going to open all the way because she already did it when she first got into the garage. It only goes about halfway and then it comes back down. So something. Well, no, no, that's not what happened. She when she goes to open it up, she shuts it because she tur- she didn't turn the right light on. She thought she turns the light on. She opens the garage uh, door. I thought it was and she shuts it. So then when she starts to walk towards the door again, um, the ghost face, whoever the ghost face is. Wait, I'm trying to remember this now. So, all right. So what I thought she did was she was purposely trying to open it and it got stuck. So a lot of the times with like garage doors, um, if they bump into something or something's blocking them, they Mm -hmm. automatically go in the opposite direction because it's, it's a safety feature that they have. So like if it's trying to open and something's there, it'll close. Or if it's starting to close and it bumps into like your trash can or something and it just senses it like real light, it stops and then goes back the other way. It's a safety mechanism. So I thought that while she was purposely trying to open it, it got stuck on something. My first instinct was probably a dead body. (laughs) Um, And then it it just, you know, for safety reasons, it shut on its own. Um, I didn't realize that she hit the wrong light. So that makes a little bit of sense because I was thinking to myself, you know, when uh, she couldn't get out because the door was locked. I think she couldn't. Right. Open the door. That's what happened. That's what happened. Hold on. Yeah. She couldn't get out because the door was locked. So she hit the door again to go out through the garage. Right. And me thinking like, oh, we already know it doesn't open all the way. Like, why not hit the other garage door or hit both of them and just see if you get lucky. Right. But uh, but that's that's what happened. She couldn't get through. So she tried to go out through the garage door and then he closes it. Right. Because he comes through the door. He closes it on her and then she can't get out. So right. I'm glad we cleared that up. <laughs> we definitely cleared that up. Oh it just like, that sounded just like a, a way to explain how garage doors work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your girl. <laughs> it was driving you crazy, wasn't it? <laughs> I'm glad to know that she hit that by accident because I couldn't fathom why she would hit the same garage door opener if she knew the door was broken. So <laughs> now that we know that it wasn't broken and she just hit it to turn it, you know, to turn it off and shut everything up again. I feel better. (laughs) I feel better about the situation. Oh, and happy to report the orange tabby was not injured in the making of this movie. No, that cat cat got away. Um, But yeah, that's that's another effective death scene where they have um, Tatum fight. Like she's she's tough, too. You know, she fights back. She throws the beer bottles at him. She thinks it's Randy. They all they all think it's Randy. Randy. Um, And you know, I think that's a way that's sort of a way for the audience too. like the they're they're making us think that Randy's the killer, too. And because um, you don't really know at this point who it is, but yeah, she's throwing the beer bottles at him. At one point, she ducks and he flips over her like and lands on his back. Yeah. And that's when she runs and slides across to go on the floor. And she tries to go out through the um through the through the dog doggy kitty door whatever you want to call it and she gets totally stuck and it is very unrealistic to think that that door would continue going up as as much as it does with the weight of her but 
it crushes her head completely and that was the other safety thing because that would not happen on a normal garage door but it did and it's effective (laughs) apparently it broke her neck (laughs) and you know and tatum is a really well loved character and when she dies in the movie he really like it's so bizarre to me not bizarre it's so effective to me when i watch a movie with a character that i love so much or i get to know so well and especially in a horror movie because sometimes horror movies you don't get to know the characters as much as you like want to you don't get attached to them right they make them and then they take them away exactly and that's exactly what happens with tatum she's a very and she's a very well-loved character in the you know the scream universe so seeing her die having that death side the entire time she's like man uh he he doesn't he and his dick doesn't deserve you or something she says while they're in the in the store shopping or whatever you know what i mean like she's so yeah she's um, very supportive of her friend she's very supportive of her friend but what's great about these movies in my opinion also is it's the type of movies where um the ones that die are the ones that you think are safe exactly always the ones that you think are safe that usually aren't for the most part you know what i mean that's what makes a really good scary movie yeah because those are the ones you least expect coming so when they come you're like in shock Yeah, it's the same thing with books too. Uh, anytime you hit me with something that I'm not expecting, that makes the book for me because most of the time I can kind of see stuff coming and you're like, huh, I'm expecting this. So when no. that when that author, you know, flips the script on you, you're like, oh my God, this is freaking great. You know, so it's the same thing with movies, same thing with shows. I reread the this once um, series. The, I, I, I've been going, I think I told you, I've been going through the Fear Street series. Mm-hmm. Um, just randomly and there's a whole saga called the cheerleaders and I started rereading them and there's a character who you like really don't like in the beginning and then you slowly start to like her and they they kill her off in like the third or fourth book and when they killed her off it really affected me I was like mm-hmm. I really liked her character I can't believe they killed her off so yeah I get it it's like it's it's really it's really effective with the reader or the viewer or whatever when you start to like this character and they take them away from you suddenly like that you don't expect it so after we get the opening scene we are introduced to sydney prescott and billy loomis and we um understand that they're in a relationship she's sort of like uh skittish about sleeping with him he even says, I was at home watching The Exorcist and it got me thinking of you. And she's like, what? <laughs> and um, she seemed almost excited about that. She's like, oh, really? And I'm thinking, but why? <laughs> why The Exorcist? I thought she was confused. Really? Yeah, I took maybe, it. She was maybe, like, she was, maybe she was confused, but she also kind of like the way she said it was like, oh, you were thinking about me. Do we ever get a reason why he said exorcist? Like, what about exorcist reminds him of her? I must have missed it because I, I don't remember why. Because I just, I must have been so confused. That he doesn't really I, say. He just says well, he was I, watching The Exorcist and it got him thinking about her. But, you know, they start making out. That's when we see where Sydney shuts the door. Her father comes in and the door locks from the closet door. So he can't really get in. So we're like, that's going to come in later somehow mm-hmm. at some point. And... You know, he's not putting like pressure on her, but he is putting pressure on her. And she's just not ready to have sex with him. And before she leaves, he leaves because he comes in through the window. He says he's only half serious. 
which is like something I've always said. <laughs> I always say I'm only half serious, meaning I'm very serious. But <laughs> no, she goes, will you settle for a PG-13? And he's like, what is that? And she she flashes him real quick, which I thought was funny. But that scene where he climbs in through the window is taken directly from A Nightmare on Elm Street where Glenn, played by Johnny Depp, climbs into Nancy's bedroom window, um, which was directed by Wes Craven. And, oh, the other thing I wanted to say in the opening, the killer asks Casey Becker, what's her favorite scary movie? And she says, Halloween. And she says, you know, the guy in the white mask who walks around and talks to babysitters? And he says, yeah, that one's scary or whatever. And then she, she says, what's yours? And he goes, she says, Nightmare on Elm Street. He goes, yeah, is that the guy who walks around, has the knives for fingers? And she goes, yeah, Freddy Krueger. And he says, yeah, that's that one was good. And she goes, the first one was, but the rest sucked. And I always thought that was so funny because Wes Craven created Freddy Krueger, directed the original you know, he came back and did like, he wrote on a couple of like the sequels and Wes Craven's New Nightmare. But it's so funny because it's like, he's making fun of himself. And yeah. you know what I mean? It's just that yeah. meta thing. I love yeah. it. I like that that happens here. And I like the Freddy Krueger, um, like nod that happens later with the janitor. Right. Also with named Fred. Him, right. Yeah. And it's played by Wes Craven. In right. Cameo. Uh, so that was... I thought that was pretty awesome. These are the little things that happened in the movie. Like I remember watching it for the first time and thinking that's from Nightmare on Elm Street. They're making fun of Nightmare on Elm Street. That's Wes Craven playing Fred, the janitor in the Freddy costume. It's so funny to me. Like it was such a smart movie when it came out. And I think it really holds up still. Oh yeah. I think all the sequels do too. I mean, you know, a lot of you people can, hate the third one, but like you can, you got to watch it for what it is. It's like, you can, Terry. you can ask Terry when we saw that Janner, I was like, look, he's in a Freddy costume and his yeah. name's Fred. <laughs> I got so excited. I don't even like Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I just got so excited. Cause like, I know, I know these characters, you'll know who they are. You don't have to like, you know, I mean, the movies or anything. Yeah, Freddy Krueger is part of pop culture. This is, this is pop culture. This is horror pop culture history, man. So, yeah. So the next scene we see is uh, we're introduced to Tatum. We're introduced to Dewey because we're at the school. Tatum tells Sydney about the murder of Casey and Steve. Mm-hmm. And we're introduced to Gal Weathers, played by Courtney Cox. She is playing the reporter for um, Top Story. She's writing a book on Sydney's mother and the murder and she's there reporting with everybody else. And Sydney is just like annoyed that she sees Gal there. But we don't know the level of like what their relationship is yet. Do you find it weird that all of like the news anchor people would be at the high school instead of like the murder scenes? Oh, like I, I kind of like I thought about it a little bit. I mean, they're they probably were there because they wanted to get comments from the students to see like yeah how they knew the victims. I don't know if that really actually like happens in real life because maybe it's different for murders than it would be for something, say like suicides, because I've been to schools where there have been students who have, you know, passed. And um, I remember counselors and stuff, but I don't remember there ever being like people outside trying to catch a story. So I, like, I don't know. Well, I think it's different it's when there's different. Like... It's probably a different thing because it's not a murder. Yeah. Like when there's a homicide or like a, you know, a serial killer compared to somebody killing themselves or committing yeah. suicide. It's still so different. sad. It's just. Well, yeah, it's so sad. Somebody lo- loses their life, but 
I think it's a different situation, but they needed it for the story purpose for them of course, to of course. introduce all these people. I really like this principal, by the way. I'm really sad about the principal, but I really liked it. I thought he was great. The whole scissors scene in the office know, with the jokesters. Good. Like, I'm like, this is stuff they could never get away with today. <laughs> Those principals got my vote. <laughs> well, when we're introduced to all the reporters, there's a cameo by Linda Blair, who played Reagan in The Exorcist. Linda Blair, yeah. This is so funny. But, I know that um, name. <laughs> <laughs> Justin loves The Exorcist, by the way. It's like his favorite scary fuck movie. Me, fuck me. Fuck me. <laughs> <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> doesn't, is it, doesn't she say, your mother sucks cocks in hell? <laughs> well, something like that, yeah. I don't know. It's honestly, that whole scene is hysterical. That's something that I would watch. I don't think I've ever watched The Exorcist from start to finish, though. I'm not gonna lie. A lot of these movies I don't watch from start to finish. I always just catch I always <laughs> just happen to catch like the same like yeah. scenes over and over again somehow. I don't know. Well, The Exorcist was one of those movies for me, too. I never really sat and watched the whole thing. And then when we started dating, he we sat and watched it. And I said, I never knew that this was like in this movie. But it when you really sit and watch it, is it it's a really creepy movie. I mean, it's not oh, like yeah. terrifying, but no. it's effective. I think I'm going to keep saying effective today. But well, it it's, is. it's an effective, it scary movie because you're like, I mean, we're not going to get into The Exorcist, but it's, you know, it, it works for what it is, you know. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we're at the screen. <laughs> we're at the we're still at the school, and um, you know, all the kids are being taken in to to talk to the police, and uh, we understand at this point that Dewey knows Sydney because he corrects her and says mm-hmm. it's Deputy Riley today, and um, we see the sheriff Burke when Principal Hembry, played by uh, Henry Winkler, who is the Fonz from Happy Days, um he sort of like touches Sydney's face in a way it's so weird. Cause you would never, I mean, it's innocent, but the sheriff looks at him like sort of um, curious. Like, why is he doing that type of thing? Did you get the impression except for at the end when he starts flirting with um, Courtney Cox, that he might've had like a thing for Sydney. Like, I don't I, know. I, I never really, like, I don't think it's so. a hidden crush. I know he's supposed to be 25 in this and they're in high school or whatever, but you know how like you always had those siblings who had those friends that had a crush on your other siblings. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I like, I wondered if maybe he kind of like, he liked Sydney. Maybe not anything like super crazy, but I know that they all kind of seem close. And yeah. he just seems like a really nice older brother um, who like considered her a friend. So he was just like, like, hey, I know you. Like, this isn't just me being an officer. Like, I am a person that knows you. And are you okay? You know, I just, I didn't think it was like a really strong, it was just like this, I had like that thought, like it was like a passing thought. You know what I mean? The couple interactions they had early in the movie, it just was like a passing thought. Like, I wonder if he kind of likes her. You know, I feel like I feel like like I'm in the back then when I watched it, I thought maybe he did. But after all these years watching it, rewatching and rewatching it, I don't see it at all. I think he sort of looks at her as like a sister. sister. Yeah. And he's trying to protect her. Yeah. And, you know, he's there. He's constantly being like teased by his his younger sister about his job and who he is. So I think maybe he sees that Sydney maybe like respects him a little bit more. How terrible do you think he feels this character knowing that he was there at the time of his sister's death in the garage? You know what? They never really get into it with in the, in the sequels. They bring Tatum up, but they never really talk about that. 
That'd be yeah, so. Yeah. That'd be so smart. Yeah. That, I mean, maybe they'll bring it up in the new one. Who knows? That but. would be great. Yeah, right. Because now they're all coming, like coming back. Yep. You know. Yep. So I mean, I just, I just wonder. Like, I haven't seen the other movie, so I don't know. I know that he's obviously still alive, and he does show up at least in the second one from the cast glance that I took, that I looked. Um, but like, did he have any trauma effects from being on this murder scene, almost dying? finding out that while he was there and thought the place was safe and all these kids are in the house that his sister actually died in the garage you know what i mean like obviously he thought he checked the house out but he was distracted by courtney cox you know what i mean he didn't his sister didn't seem to have like the best vote of confidence in his abilities i kind of seemed like he did kind of seem like he was like the joke of the precinct i guess but i don't really know we don't have that like really close development to really get and see like exactly how good he is at his job. Um, but like, I just like imagine it for a second. You're a cop. You're on the site. There is a murder out there. Your sister's in a party and you think she's safe. You're outside flirting with, you know, this uh, this news reporter that you had a crush on and come to find out then, you know, your sister's dead. All these people are dead and like this stuff is happening, you know, like imagine coming back and then, you know, finding out all of this stuff after the fact like oh my I just god it would lose my mind you would be so know that i was now. supposed to be like the protector and yeah, and you failed because but, you're distracted by well it's not that he was distracted either he was he was out looking for the the car on the side yeah of the he didn't get a call i kind of forgot about that but i like i'm wondering like if he didn't ask her or say do you want to come with me would he have just driven there and come back and would have known faster like these are all those what if scenarios that I'm wondering what maybe went through his head to to pile on the guilt. Like I'm just curious how his see. This is why I have problems with these movies because I psychoanalyze. I want to know how their brains work. And and I, I can't, can't. I can't think about it because it's I not- know we're so opposite in that kind of way. Because I like want to know what's going on through these people's heads, and you're like, I don't know. It is what it is, Jamie. It's a movie. <laughs> it's if it was like a dumb, dumb movie, it would drive me nuts. But like. I just don't think about it because I'm like, he was there to watch over the party and he was still doing his job. So, Mm -hmm. and he, and he didn't want to be like hovering over her either. So, and I think maybe he felt like she could protect herself in a way because she was very strong will. Yeah. She definitely seemed to have been able to hold her own. It was that damn garage door. (laughs) I know. So, um, we're also introduced to Stu uh, Mocker, who's dating Tatum, Billy, who we met earlier with Sydney, and Randy Meeks, who is their friend. They're all sitting in front of this fountain, which is an iconic scene in the film. And they're talking about Casey. And that's where we're told that Stu dated Casey. And Randy says, didn't, didn't she dump you for Steve? And Tatum says, I thought you dumped her for me. So it's sort of like a reason that we explained earlier why he might kill her and mm-hmm. Steve. So jealous and crazy. Yeah. And Randy's like joking around. Sydney gets upset and leaves. He's good, man. Like Billy, he's good. Cause he like plays the defensive, like boyfriend really well. He's like, dude, come on. Like some tact, you know, show a little tact right. here. Like he's upset because she's upset. Like even a couple of times when, when they're going through the, the stuff and he's like checking in on her and all, I'm like, oh, he's good. Like he's perfect psycho. <laughs> well, it was, it worked too for the audience because like, yeah. I don't think, I don't think I thought he was the killer in the beginning. I don't know. I started no. sort of like towards the middle when he was um, arrested. He had crazy eyes a little bit. 
I yeah. feel like he started to get the crazy look in his eyes and it and it was it was it was so well done because you were fighting with yourself. You're like, I think it's him. No, it can't be him. I think it's him. No, it can't be him. Yeah, that's exactly what I went you're, through. You're fighting with yourself on it because your instinct says it's him. But the way that they're portraying him, you're like, no, he couldn't be the killer. Look how great he is. He's so attentive and he seems caring and sweet. And he gives her those puppy eyes. And, you know, he's got this. What did I say? Johnny Depp. He's got this Johnny Depp thing. <laughs> got this <laughs> Johnny, Johnny Depp, Depp vibe going for him. Yeah, he's, he's cute. He, it was very well done. I, I like when that happens because, like I said, even in the books when it's like, I think it's this, but then something happens and you're like, I don't know. And then, you know, it smacks you in the face a little bit because you're like, ah, or you just don't see it coming. And those are great, too. But it has to yeah. make sense. Um in this case, like I even even when she had the gun in her hand and, you know, and he finally stumbles down the steps and he like he like he looks pale, but he's not. And I first of all, I mean, I understand it. She is in a panic. He did not have enough blood on him for some serious damage. Well, he also didn't have any like stab marks on him. So no. when when we see that scene where they just got done having sex, she's questioning him who he called in jail she and he says i called my dad and she says no sheriff burke called your father i saw him and he says well i tried but he didn't answer and he's yeah. like do you still not believe me sydney because this whole time she's still she yeah. oh, she, he he's, gets arrested. he's gaslighting her <laughs> yeah and he's really doing it well he's so, doing it real well <laughs> so he gets in her face and she just says, if you, if you were the killer, it'd be a good way for you to throw me off. Mm-hmm. And that's when he says, what do I have to do for you to believe me? And he, and he looked, here's crazy. what you gotta do. It was perfect timing. <laughs> yeah, it was. And she looks at him and she just says, oh my God. And then she looks behind him and she says, oh my God. And it's, it's the ghost face. And we see the, the killer stab Billy. He turns mm-hmm. around, he's all bloody and he ends up on the bed. And then Sid- Sydney gets out of the room there's like a little chase scene through the house, but that's where it looks like it's a, a fucking maze. <laughs> she ends up climbing all the way to the attic. She jumps out of the tiny window, lands on the boat. And that's when she sees Tatum, her friend dead mm-hmm. in the garage doggy door. And uh, she escapes. I want to talk about Gal Weathers because there's this whole scene because we're just going all over the place with this right now. I know. Uh, but before we move on though, that scene, um, when he gets stabbed, right and falls oh right 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 i'm sorry freaking out no that's okay um (laughs) terry's like i thought you said he was the killer and i'm like he is (laughs) and then you see the guy you know i'm assuming matthew lillard or Stu that's in the costume and take the knife and just take his fingers and rub it and it's just sparkly clean i'm like trick knife trick knife it's not real (laughs) yeah you i do wonder like how they did it because you you know how do you you get all that all that blood on him because you don't i mean i don't know and you know it's not something that was under his shirt because he was just naked right right so it's not like there's like like a contraption hiding it you know so it had to have been in the in the the knife i think maybe they i don't know i mean how do props work maybe that knife had like a little compartment of blood in it so when it contracted into the handle and came out it came out bloody you know what i mean and then it got all over his shirt because that's how that works i don't know Anybody but, know? <laughs> but, <laughs> no, when the but what you were saying originally when he comes when he falls down the stairs, like yes. letting us know that he's still alive, that's when I was sort of like, Oh, he's the killer. Because yeah. you don't see any slices in her shirt. He's he supposedly was stabbed, and she's like, You're 
you're alive. Like she can't believe it. And she, you know, she's holding a gun. Cause at that point she doesn't let Randy or, or Stu in the house. She, she, mm. she locks them out. She locks them and, both that's, out. and that's when Billy falls down the stairs and uh, he takes the gun from her and Randy runs in and that's when he shoots Randy. And he says, we all go a little mad sometimes. And we're like, Oh my God, he's the killer. <laughs> right. Well, and I mean, the, his facial expression, like he seems totally normal, like this guy that we've known this entire time. But as soon as Randy runs in and he goes to lift the gun, it's like his face just wipes completely clean. It is the craziest thing I have ever seen an actor do. And mm-hmm. he does it phenomenally. It's like he just a whole new person. Yeah. Because now he's person. showing his real, his real face, basically. Yeah. Also, I'm not going to lie, like, because I, I haven't seen these movies like fully from start to finish the way that I have this time. Uh, when she locked Stu and Randy outside, I thought that Stu was probably going to kill Randy and he didn't. And did I thought you... it was so weird to me. Wait, did you did you know Stu was the killer at that point? Oh, yeah, I knew. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't think the because I remember I, I cheated. I looked so that I could pay more attention and look for those little like hidden, you know, tales. Mm-hmm. Um or the the hidden tells, I should say. Uh, but I, when she locked them both out, I thought that I just thought it was very strange because they're both blaming each other. Obviously, Randy's like, no, he's the guy. He's the one who's doing it. And Stu's trying to, you know, throw her off. Um, she locks them both outside. So Stu knows, and that's Stu. Randy knows that Stu is not a good guy, but he's still there. And he's already, I think, like a little bit injured at this point. I don't really remember, but he was outside. I know he like something happened outside because he was like, what's going on? And then, you know, the whole thing with the van. But Stu didn't kill him. Stu just went around the back of the house to get in through the kitchen or whatever. Um, I was just surprised that he didn't kill Randy. You know, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't, I just, I mean, I'm probably thinking too much into it, but I just remember her locking the door and being like, oh, my gosh, she left Randy out there with the murderer. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't know why they did that either, because I I mean, maybe they wanted to bring Randy back for the sequel, clearly, because he's in the. Well, sequel, yeah, but, clearly. I but mean, yeah, you're right. It's a weird. I want to know what happened on that door. Did Stu just automatically like I need to get in the house and just took off and I'll get Randy later? You know, I don't know. Well, maybe he just figured that Billy would just take care of him anyway because he shoots him. Yeah, true. You're thinking so deep about this. <laughs> oh, I just have so many questions. <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of questions always. Well, I really like that scene. But go ahead. You're funny. This is fun. I kind of like that we're skipping around yeah. um, because we could just talk about the scenes. It doesn't need to be in order. No, I mean, if you haven't seen Scream by now, I feel yeah. like everybody's seen it. And if you haven't, like, I hope you're understanding what we're doing. But it's, you know, we're just, this is a very, like, a, ho- a very holiday episode where we just talk about... I hope you guys got your alcohol and your presents are... <laughs> well, if you have presents, I don't know what you're doing. But, you know, at least... And you may not even... Maybe you're sober. I don't know. Yeah. I hope you're enjoying listening to us. I know. Me too. I hope this is, like... <laughs> With fun. your water, your tea, your coffee, your your wine, your beer. I don't know. You know. <laughs> Whatever, <laughs> Whatever it is. Your eggnog. Your eggnog. Uh, yeah. Ooh, chocolate, hot chocolate. Hot chocolate, <gasps> yeah. Hot chocolate. Oh, God. Oh. Okay, sorry. <laughs> the so the other scene I wanted to talk about was when Sydney. I mean, we talked about it a little bit when Sydney gets attacked at home. So she she gets dropped off at home from the bus. Mm-hmm. Um, we find out that uh, Tatum is going to pick her up at seven. She's going to stay at Tatum's because she's at home by herself. Her dad is out of town, and um, when she's watching the news. That's when we learn that her mother was one of the biggest crimes, uh, 
what do you want to call it? That her mother's murder was one of the biggest things that happened in the town since the current murders. So right. um, we're, we sort of like understand why Sydney might be the way she is. So her mother was a victim a year prior and now these murders are starting to happen again. And um, there's a shot of Gal Weathers um, explaining the whole thing. And Sydney turns it off and she goes and she takes a nap in the other room. She wakes up, it's dark out. And um, Tatum calls her and says she's on her way. She hangs up and then Ghostface calls her. And she thinks it's Randy. They play another game where she says, she calls his bluff and says like, I'm outside. Um, He says, I'm outside. She says, what am I doing? She's outside. And he doesn't answer. And then when she gets in the house, he jumps out from the closet. But there's this whole line where she thinks she's talking to Randy and he says, you know, don't you like scary movies? And she says, you know, I don't watch that shit. And he says, why? And she says, because they're all the same. Some stupid killer talking to some big breasted girl who can't act, who's always running up the front stairs when she's going out the front door. It's insulting. And the best part of her whole dialogue saying that is that when she's being attacked, she is on the ground right near the front door. She tries to open it. She's locked in. So instead of trying to get out the front door, she runs up the front stairs into her bedroom where that's when the thing happens with the closet door and uh, ghost faces not able to get in. She dials 911 over the computer. And that's where we were like talking about that old time lapse thing earlier. Yeah. Um, but Billy's arrested because we see a cell phone fall to the floor and she gets scared because um, she assumes that it's just him. And she runs downstairs again, opens the door, and Dewey's holding up the ghost face mask at the front door, and she screams because you're like, "Why was he holding the mask like that?" Right? If <laughs> this is a, like a crime scene, that should be like cop 101. Don't touch anything, and yeah. um, that you know <laughs> what I mean. True. You know, that it's so like I was even confused that you've got this goofy cop. <laughs> <laughs> Goofy, doofy cop <laughs> holding, holding, you know, uh, evidence. Yeah, He's evidence. holding evidence in his hands. Like that's really what I was like. Now I know why his sister picks on him so much. Because <laughs> like, I mean, he's not the brightest bulb. I guess <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but I mean, I guess it's one thing to judge a movie about how these characters act because it's one thing to sit on the couch and watch it. And it's another thing to live it and just work off of panic um, yeah. and fear because you don't think correctly when you panic. Uh, you just you have fight or flight. And most of the time you're, you're just trying to get out. Well, so, she tried to run out the front door and because she yeah. locked it, which was her own doing, because she assumed that he was. Yeah, outside. the chain, yeah, the chain on the door. But you wonder how fast would it have been if she just unlocked the chain link? You know what I mean? So but if you're panicking, it. That kind of like motor function is probably not really easy for them because you have to take your time, get the thing out, you know, and drop it. But if they're panicking, it's just it's going to take too much time for them to even figure out what you're doing. But it's a great scene because she she goes against everything she said about, Mm -hmm. you know, all these scary movies. And, you know, well, it happens again later with with um, uh, Randy sitting on the couch in the house while all of this is going on. And he's like. No, Jamie, look behind you. And, you know, he's, I'm assuming, I guess it was Stu, was coming up behind him and uh-huh. with a knife and he was about to kill him. And almost like he almost did it until he heard her scream outside and was, you know, he left him there, which I, I thought was interesting. It was an interesting choice. He's Randy like, got away without being murdered like so many yeah, times. Yeah, I'm like, 
I mean, he literally could have just killed the dude right then and there. But he's like, oh, I hear Sydney. I need to go get Sydney. Sydney's the goal. Right. Um, Red is just the idiot that's still drunk on the couch. (laughs) (laughs) When everybody else, you know, got in the car is drunk and left because somebody else, because the principal was found. They found the principal murdered at the school. So, yeah, they found the principal hanging from the goalpost on the football field. So they all left to go see him. Why do you think they took it out of the principal? Why do you think they killed the principal? Because I, I, that's another thing I, I didn't catch. I think I don't think it had anything to do. I think they just needed another person to kill in the movie. And it was just he was just the body count. That's all. I don't think they really had anything against the principal. I just think it was like. Just for the purpose of killing another person in the movie. Yeah. Um, but he was almost like a suspect. That's the word I was trying to say earlier with the sheriff. Uh, the sheriff was trying to look at him like he was a suspect the way he was touching Sydney's chin. And when he was flashing those scissors around to the boys who were playing the joke with the ghost face mask, it was very like, wow, suspicious. suspicious. So he was, <laughs> That's so he was like to say, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so when he was murdered, I mean, it was sort of like, well, he's not the murderer. He's, you know, he's dead. So I thought it was effective. It was effective. <laughs> I'm going to keep saying that. I really, I did not suspect the principal. I mean, I never did. He threw me off when he grabbed the scissors, but he was angry. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because like kids died and they're turning it into a joke and it's very serious. There is a loose murderer, you know, serial killer or whatever on the loose uh, around and they're killing kids and stuff. So like he was very serious about it. Um, So I didn't suspect the principal at all. He just was an angry man who cared about his students. Yeah. Even when he's uh, announcing that school is going to be. Um, uh, the, I guess the classes are suspended from the time being. Yeah. Classes before. are going to be suspended. There's going to be a curfew. He goes, remember, your principal loves you. <laughs> he says that yeah. over the speaker. <laughs> yeah. I just, I was curious about it. I mean, it wasn't like a big plot point. It was something that was small. It was, I guess, to distract the kids that were still in the house and get them out. Right. Um, it also probably distracted all of the police. Maybe that's why it took them so long to get to that house because they were all at the, the murder scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There we go. So the other scene I wanted to talk about was when Gal Weathers goes to the jail because she wants to get a story. She wants to get the scoop. Yeah. Sydney comes out. She leaves through the back and we see Gal come up behind yeah so she has this whole interaction with sydney and tatum says you know leave her alone she doesn't want to talk and and sydney goes no it's okay you know i'll I'll talk to her whatever and she says how's the book and she goes you know it's coming along and she goes oh i have to look for it she goes i'll send you a copy and sydney just cold cocks her right in the face and she she falls back into her cameraman kenny's arms and she's just shocked that she that she hit her in her face and they leave we're at Tatum's house now where the girls are they're like having their sleepover or whatever and Tatum does that famous line where she goes I'll send you a copy bam bitch went down yeah <laughs> she, goes, she says Sydney uh super bitch or <laughs> something like that I forget she was so proud of her and I love it um and what's great about that is this character she doesn't seem like she can put up a fight you know what i mean she seems like she's a pushover she's constantly underestimated you know what i mean even even by her her supposed boyfriend she's underestimated but she has proven a few times in this movie that she can hold her own when she cold cocks courtney (laughs) and um 
you know, even when she she's fighting and she's trying to get away, like she's very clever on some of the things that she's done to to help herself get out of the way. Like the thing with the door in the closet. I mean, mm-hmm. it's obviously something, a tool or mechanism she's used before to prevent yeah. anybody from just walking in on her. Um, but it was very smart, you know, um, even later when she kind of flips the script, you know what I mean? And she starts to kind of come after them. Uh, she hides her dad. She takes control. You know, I, I just, it's, she, they completely underestimated her. She was not fucking around. No, she had had, had it at that point. She's done. Yeah. Um, I love it. We, I loved it. I need to watch the next one. <laughs> I know. Jamie, you really should. But before we get into the finale of the movie, let's talk about um, Gal and Dewey's relationship. So there's so this. Weird. There's this fun scene when they're at the school and, you know, uh, they're announcing the curfew or whatever. And she says, um, (laughs) she says something to him like, you know, my demographic is 11 to 24. And she goes, but you don't look a day over 12. (laughs) And he clearly is like smitten with her. And he even says, as he's like walking up the stairs, I'm 25. I was 24 for a whole year. And she says, so you do watch the show. And oh, because he tells her that she's prettier in person. Yeah. Yes. So she's like, all right, like this guy's kind of cute. But there's also that fun. He'd be cuter if he didn't have that god awful mustache. Yeah. You know what? He was so young in this, though. It's so crazy. Like seeing him this compared to seeing him in the ads for the new one. Like he like clearly they all got older. It's like it's not like a current movie but like (laughs) yeah it's so crazy to me how much older they look but there's that other cute scene between the two of them at the party where they're walking down the road and they're looking for the uh, abandoned vehicle and the kids are leaving the party they're speeding down that tiny road and um they get out of the way and they fall down they like tumble down the hill he like pushes her he like grabs her and throws them both over the side yeah. And then humble. And it was even before that scene in the car start, you know, you start to see the cars. They had this like really cute, like flirty banter going on. Yeah. Um, well, they're making fun was, of their names too. Yeah, they were. And I was just like, this is so cute. It's like sickening cute. And it's a nice contrast to all the heavy that's happening in this movie. Yeah. Uh, I did think it was, I, I, I still wasn't sold on their relationship or whatever was starting to grow because I couldn't tell if she was kind of being genuine at first or if she was just kind of using him to get information on the inside, but it seemed to change towards the end. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, then the cars came and the kids and they, the kids were not stopping. They should not have been on the road. Kids, kids, if you're listening, don't drink and drive. Adults, if you're listening, do not drink and drive. Yeah, they should not don't have been do driving. Naughty. Bad. It's dangerous. But- but yeah, she, they tumble down that hill and he lands right on top of her and mm-hmm. they, um, they kiss real quick. And he says, I'm on duty. Yeah, I'm on duty. Yeah. Man, and she just I can't, laughs. I'm on duty. <laughs> <laughs> so then she looks, over, she looks over and she sees the car and she goes, is that what you're looking for? And he goes, my whole life. <laughs> and, and he goes, no, that. So they find out that it's Neil Prescott's car, Sydney's dad. And he recognized it instantly. He's like, oh, yeah. it's Neil Prescott's car. Oh, no. <laughs> and the other go. thing is, is that they mentioned that Billy's phone records, because they were looking in the Billy's phone records, that they, they were clean. They found Sydney's father's phone records making the, the, the calls to Casey Becker and everybody who the, the killers were calling. I, I guess they just like captured her father and kept him at at uh what stew's house I'm assuming, for a yeah. couple of days 
I guess. <laughs> and they just kept him locked up and tied up and taped up for the party. I, that's some, some thinking there, you know, and they just like, this is what we're going to do. We're going to set Stu up for the fall. We're going to take his phone. <laughs> he's supposed to go away. So nobody will know he's missing. No, um, Neil, you said Stu. Oh yeah. That's what I meant. Sorry. These names. <laughs> I like saying Stu. They're going to set up Sydney's father for the whole thing. Right. For the whole thing. Just say that he just cracked because of his wife's death and it's the year anniversary and just killed and we'll be the only ones that have survived barely alive as they're stabbing each other in the kitchen more of a <laughs> it was more of a motive than what billy had so yeah um, yeah they can create motive for other people just not for themselves, not for themselves yeah but there <laughs> were there were some really fun um tense scenes like the one where sydney's in the uh cop car she thinks it's locked and he has the key he like sh- he shakes the key outside the window yeah. and you know, she's like sitting in the front. She's like looking around, and then we see the back open up. And yeah, well, he's he's messing with the locks. I was wondering about that. I meant to ask Terry because he would probably know. I mean, did they they had power locks in '98, right? '96. Oh, yeah. I don't remember. Yeah, <laughs> I wasn't paying attention to cars that year because <laughs> you were what six? <laughs> six years old. <laughs> but t- did it did it to you look like he was? one lock at a time because it looked like she went over the passenger side and then went back to the driver's side and then he popped the back right yeah. how did he do but one at a time instead of like both you know i'm just curious i'm assuming like, he just i don't know i'm assuming he just opened or he just opened it up with the key and then he oh, when she locked yeah. it he was like he was like teasing her he was you messing know because he, he knew yeah, like he knew he was distracting her so he could pop the back without her noticing so he yeah. could come in after her. You know what I really liked? So when um she was in the van, the uh-huh. the news anchor van and went through the little square out the back, which I don't understand how that was like that, but whatever. She went through like a I know. It's so and small, ended up too. in the back. And the doors were already open. I don't I don't know how that happened. This van was all buttoned up and all of a sudden the back doors are open. She was able to kind of like get through this like milk carton <laughs> space oh, yeah. i never even thought of that it yeah. was weird. i don't it was weird i don't know how that worked out but it did and then he tried to follow her and then he couldn't and he was he slammed the knife and he like damn it i know i was like why did you follow her that way you idiot yeah as soon as you saw her escaping out the back you should have just backed out the you know the doorway he came in the sliding door and then he would have caught i just that's the, it was what the i'm talking about that made me laugh and that's yes. what breaks up the the real intensity like the intensity of the movie it breaks yeah. it up and it gives you a giggle and it's like okay it's not as scary as you right. would think it would be yeah it's a comedy heart like there's there's they put the heart or the comedy in it to break that yeah break, to break up. up the tension yeah the, they, the, it, the comedy yeah. brings it a lot of levity because it's not so, so serious, serious. Yeah. Why, so <laughs> which is which is what our podcast is all about <laughs> oh heath ledger we miss you so yeah the other scene i liked was when dewey and gal come back from finding the car um dewey tells her to call the police from the van because she has a phone in the van and he goes back to investigate the house so she goes to the van she steps up and she sees that there's blood on the ground because kenny was just his throat was sliced um she gets in and she like shuts the door and everything she pulls out her zach morris phone and she goes to call (laughs) the police 
She dials 911 and then Randy pops up on the driver's side window and she, we hear the operator say 911, what's your emergency? And she bashes Randy's face with the cell phone, never gets to call 911. So like, they're not, we don't know if they're going to be on their way or not. And she um, goes to drive away, but she sees that there's like stuff on the windshield, but it's outside. So she puts on the windshield wipers and it's all blood. It's just blood that wipes away. She goes in reverse and Kenny falls on top of the, the windshield. And that's when she speeds the car into a circle. And she said, I'm, she's throughout the movie. She's calling Kenny fat and all this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, <laughs> she's so mean to him. She's, so mean she's to like, him. I'm sorry, Kenny, but get off my, my roof or get off my, she's windshield. Like, get off my windshield. Yeah. The, the funny thing is too, like Kenny was not even that fat. Like when you, no, open, he wasn't, was but I have a question. How did these, this teenage scraggly boy and it had to have been matthew lillard or Stu that had to put him on that roof okay it definitely wasn't the boy pretending to be dead up in the upstairs um how the heck did he lift him up there i don't know jamie how are they doing this <laughs> he just figured it out he just did it yeah well it's the wheelchair theory <laughs> it's the wheelchair theory it is impressive but yeah, that was good. So like she does the the circle in there. I guess he's he's at an end straight, right? So there's no exit. It's just a, a, a what do you call them? It's like a dead end. Yeah, but they're oh, like, called something. Like, like a, a cul-de-sac? A cul-de-sac, yeah. So I guess like that street ends in a cul-de-sac. So she does the circle. I thought that was then, just his driveway. You think it's his driveway? That entire thing? Maybe. I mean, it's a farmhouse, right? So it's quite possible that isn't a main road. It's his driveway that leads yeah, all the way out. I thought. To- out of town that it that makes sense that's one hell of a driveway i would not want to go all the way where's his mailbox did we see his mailbox? no it's not the driveway they were parked they were parked far away from the house so it was still their land i just think yeah. they were on the side of the road and yeah it was maybe like just a little when they banned of- out it just looked like a cul-de-sac it didn't look like that's why she had to do a circle yeah um, but well, there were no way. other ha- there were no other houses no. there. That's the only no thing. it was just the way that the driveway or whatever or, or that street ended um so you could turn around uh right you know so she she's trying to get out of there she's hightailing it out of there and then out steps you know sydney going way and then she, you know, tries not to hit her and then crashes. And then we don't know what happens. Right into a there. tree. Yeah. Yeah. And you think she's city's like, I'm not checking on her. I'm going back I to the know. house. I know. I did the same thing. I was like, she doesn't even go after and see, like, she see doesn't even okay. go to check and see if she's alive. She's like, I can't deal with that right now. I still need to survive. <laughs> right. She's and out. meanwhile, Dewey's in the house. And uh, the whole time we hear this, the soundtrack to Halloween playing because Randy was Dewey watching Halloween. Oh, wait, Dewey. Dewey himself was in the house. Who was I thinking of? Randy. Randy was on the side of the road, curled up Randy, the ball. Randy, Randy, yeah, he was sitting on the, when she was spinning, you can see him when she's spinning out of the cul-de-sac. Yeah, he's, he's like off the side, side of the road. Because she bashed his face in with the Zach Morris phone. He's like, but, I don't know what's uh, happening. I'm drunk. Yeah. Somebody hit me in the face and everybody's gone. <laughs> Right. He's like, what is going on? But when she um, goes back up to the house, Dewey comes out and she calls out to him and he turns around and he's got a knife in his back. And that's when Ghostface comes and pulls the knife out and he starts to come towards Sydney. Yes. She gets out. Right. So he comes into the Jeep to try to get it from the back. Oh, okay. And she runs towards the house. And when she turns around, he's not there anymore. And that's when Randy and Stu run up to her and they start blaming each other. Yes. And she, while well, she goes up, she picks the gun off of um, the deputy. 
doing she takes on as soon as she has the gun then the, you know the boys approach her and they're trying to blame each other and she's like screw you guys and locks the door and that's when um billy comes down the steps right she says, she says fuck you both and yep. locks them out that's when and then that's when billy comes tumbling down mm-hmm. um there's this whole other plot too where the the day after Sydney punches Gal. They're back at school and she goes up to Gal and she wants to talk to her about Cotton Weary, who was accused of murdering her mother. Right. And Gal says, you know, he hasn't changed his story. And I've talked to him many times. Mm-hmm. And Sydney refuses to believe that her mother would ever had an affair with Cotton Weary. He is the one she identified as being the murderer. So Cotton Weary, played by Leah Schreiber, is sitting in jail. Gal says, it doesn't matter what I think. He's in jail. They're going to gas him. And when Sydney's questioning Gal about, you know, whether or not he's changed his story, Gal says, you're not so sure anymore, are you? And she says, no, I, 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 I know he killed my mother. Mm-hmm. And she goes, sorry, I mangled your face. And she walks away. And Gal turns around and says, like, Kenny, can you believe this? If Cotton Weary is innocent, the killer's still out there. Mm-hmm. And Sydney sort of starts to believe this later on, too, because she has a conversation with Tatum before they go to the party. And Tatum sort of admits her to Sydney that, you know, she's heard all the rumors about her mother as well. And she says, you know, you can't prove a rumor. That's why it's a rumor. But when you start hearing things so many times, you kind of have to start to believe it. And mm-hmm. she's so she's saying to Tatum, like she she can't like prove it, but Cotton Weary's innocent, then the killer's still out there. So she's sort of now agreeing with what Gal had told her earlier, basically. Right, right. Which is true because now at the finale of the movie, uh, you know, we get Billy shooting Randy. He fully admits to being the killer. And then when Sydney goes to run, Stu comes out from the doorway of the kitchen. They pull her into the kitchen. They explain their the reason why they're doing all this. They pull her father out. They explain that they're going to put it all on her dad. At that point, Stu puts the gun down on the counter. Yes. And Sydney is just listening to what they're saying. They start stabbing each other because they're just trying to like prove that they were a part of the, the massacre, whatever. Yep. Um, they're survivors. They're survivors. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They're going to survive the whole thing. Stu's losing a lot of blood, but they're yeah. just going back and forth, stabbing each other. And Sydney even says, You're both sick fucks. And <laughs> while they're doing this, Gal comes in with the gun and uh gun off the counter and we don't we don't know that she's there that she takes the gun off the counter at least i didn't notice it so when they're done stabbing each other Stu goes to get the gun again so they can move on to the next plot and he starts freaking out because the gun's not there and he's like man i'm dizzy but i know i put the gun here Mm -hmm. (laughs) so that that happens and then yeah she and she comes and you know her hands shaking and i really like this because if you really paid attention like her hand is shaking she's not sure and uh billy's walking up to her and he's you know very threatening very threatening and he's like you know can i can i tell you something you don't know or something like that and then he he jumps he like attacks her and pretty much you know gets the gun and pushes her out and you know, she kind of falls outside onto the porch, hurts her back, and then lands in a, like a bump next to the deputy. And he's like, the gun would work better if you took the safety off. Right. <laughs> he's such a condescending ass because she tried to pull the trigger on him when he went to attack her, but he forgot to turn the, the safety off. And it, it kind of comes back to bite him in the ass because she does shoot him mm-hmm. when she wakes up because uh, the gun is on the floor again. And she's like, she's like 
not shaking anymore. And she's like, what did she say? She said she something. Said, I remember funny. the safety that time, asshole. Yeah, that's what she said. I remember the safety that time, asshole. And I'm like, yes. <laughs> she's yeah, she not. She's back. like, you know what? At first, I wasn't sure about killing you, but now I'm going to fucking kill you. <laughs> well, but she even, I mean, she didn't, but when he kicks her and she like, she hits her head on the pole on like the beam or whatever. And yeah. she lands like right next to Dewey. He's about to kill her. Yeah. And Stu turns around and notices that Sydney and her father gone. are gone. Yeah. So he's like, we got a problem. They're derailed again. <laughs> again. Yes. They're not the, they, they can kill people, but they're not the smartest psychopaths. So they're really not. They have moments where I'm like, Phew, they did. I mean, they're planning this and they planned it well, but not. They didn't take account for when shit goes wrong, you know? No, they didn't. They didn't think <laughs> of that. They just thought everything was going to go perfect. Yeah, like um, the first two murders. <laughs> yeah, like nobody was going to, you know, finger them on that. But Sydney ends up hiding and she calls them using the voice changer. And um, she says, guess you called the cops on your sorry motherfucking ass or something like that. And uh, Billy loses his mind. Uh, he's he goes in the in the living room he's like stabbing the couch there's feathers everywhere he's like he's he tells Stu to get up and help him and he's like I'm feeling a little woozy I think I'm losing a lot of blood and he even like gives Stu the phone and that's when he says Sydney I think we said this so many times already but he's like mm-hmm. uh did you really call the cops and she's like you bet you're sorry ass I, I love did. this part and he goes my mom and dad are gonna be so mad at me and then Billy like throws the phone at Stu's head at one point and he's like like you're an asshole like, why would you do that so yeah. Billy's going crazy Stu's like slowly dying um Billy opens up the closet he goes to open up the closet and he gets distracted because he's watching Halloween because on ho- on the scene in Halloween, they're opening up the closet. Mm-hmm. That's the scene of the movie. So he goes to open up the closet and out comes Sydney with an umbrella. She stabs him uh, in the chest with the umbrella a couple of times. He lands on the floor and they are like fighting back and forth. She sticks her finger in his the wound. In the wound. Yeah. Billy loses the gun. And she uh, hits him again with the umbrella. She stabs him again. She rips off her mask and we see that it's her. And uh, she looks at Billy. She throws the mask on him and he's just laying there. So before she can uh, do anything, Stu comes in and that's when he starts attacking her. So they're fighting each other. They're in the kit. They're they're in the living room where they're watching Halloween. Um, He's on top of her and um, he, she picks up a vase and slams it against his head. That's right. And he's now laying literally like below, like right below the TV. And uh, he she throws the TV on him. That's right. Well, he goes, I always had a thing for you, Sid. And she goes and pushes the TV on top of his head. (laughs) Before she does that, she goes in your dreams. And then the TV just crushes his head. So Sydney goes back to the foyer where Billy's laying there. She thinks dead. She goes to reach down and grab the gun that she threw because she threw the gun after she after she attacked him because he was still holding the gun and um somebody grabs her ankle and it's randy and he's still alive and when he says i never thought i'd be so happy to be a virgin that's when billy punches him in the face letting us know that he's still alive so right billy is about to stab sydney 
and he's like up in the air about to stab Sydney. And that's when Gal comes in and shoots Billy in the chest with the gun. And she goes, I didn't forget the safety that time. And the three of them are standing there in the foyer watching them. And Sydney takes the gun from Gail. And she says something like they always come back in horror movies or whatever. And at that point, Billy does jump up and she shoots him right in the in the head and he's yeah. dead. Ah, that was a lot. <laughs> like I've seen this movie so many times and it's like... It was really good. And Dan hops out of the uh, the closet. Oh, yeah. He's in the closet, too. So Dan he hops like, out of the closet. He, like, literally falls out. Like, breaks the wall. He, li- he looks like he's still all wrapped up. I know. Like, he's still taped up. And he's just, like, like hopping along. And, you know. It's like somebody <laughs> helped dad. Me. Yeah. Right. And he's got a lot of energy for somebody who, you know, has probably been held captive Austin, for a couple yeah. of days. Yeah. So... But, um, um, but we the sun starts to come up. The police are all there now. We see Dewey being taken out on a stretcher, but he's mm-hmm. alive. And the ending shot is of Gal Weathers giving her uh, news report where she goes, it, it began with a scream over 911. And in the background, we just see Stu's house and everything and all the cops. And that's the end of the movie. But it's a really good movie. And I really liked it. I liked it. And even talking about it right now makes me like it a little, like more. I know. Jamie, when I was watching it last night, I was, I really, like I said it earlier, but like, I was so excited to talk about it today. And I do kind of wish we went in order, but I'm also glad we didn't because it is just one of those movies that you just know. We were also, we were so excited to talk about it. It was really hard to stay on track. You know what I mean? So we jumped around because there were specific scenes that really stuck out to us. And, uh, I'm totally okay with going out of order in this case because, I mean, we tied things back. We came back. I know, we did. But um, but yeah, I really, I really... really liked it. It's a great movie. And you know what? It, it's it's this franchise now. And you know, it's nobody I didn't think that they were they would ever come out with a sequel, let alone four. So I wanted to check you know, out the other ones. They're all they're all really good in different ways. The sequ- are they consistent with the actors, like the characters? Is there consistency with like the ones that trickle into the next? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll you'll see. Um, the, so the three main characters that are in every movie are Sydney, Gal, and Dewey. And they're okay. always, the three of them are always connected. The characters that they bring in and out of the, out of the other films, they make sense for what they're doing with the story. So, but I have to say the sequel is a really, really good sequel. It holds up. It, okay. you know, people, people might be like, oh, they're making a sequel to this great movie, but it really is a good follow-up to the original. And um, I don't know. Sometimes I even like it better than the first, but the but the the original is my favorite. I will say that. But um, it was good. Yeah, it was good. There were a couple other fun facts I was trying to say in the beginning, but I totally forgot what they were. I think I was saying the budget of the movie was fourteen to fifteen million dollars, and it grossed one hundred and seventy three million. Well done. Um, well done. It didn't do very well in the um their opening weekend, but it was a word of mouth movie where. People kept seeing it, were talking about it, kept seeing it again, and they actually released it. They re-released it again and made even more money because they were trying to like use that as the hype for the sequel as well. But Kevin Williamson wrote it based on the Gainesville murders in Florida. You, you know can... what I find fascinating? What do you find fascinating? So the beer was kept in the garage. <laughs> 
Yeah. Wait, I have a point to this. Okay. <laughs> Beer was kept in the garage mm-hmm. and uh, she goes into the garage. She dies in the garage. Her body is in the garage. Right. They're still having this party that seems to at least last for another hour or two. Right. Before people are trickling in and out and they, like, they still have this party going on. If the beer is kept in the garage, how did nobody else find her body before the party was over? I don't know. I guess they all had enough beer to drink. <laughs> they must have. He sent her there for her death, not for beer, because they had plenty of beer. <laughs> Sorry, I, I'm over. I, I guess because... I just was wondering, you know, how did nobody find it? How are they not concerned that somebody was going to find the body before they accomplished what they were set to do? I don't know. I'm just overthinking this again. You are overthinking it, but I think they Sorry. had enough beer in the house, maybe. And maybe. by the time, uh, by the time they were coming back from that whole scene, people mm-hmm. were leaving, mm-hmm. and I think it was like that type of situation where they knew, like. I don't know. I can't explain it. I mean, he picked the time to do it very well. He's like, you know, the doorbell went. And I I mean, we don't know. Oh, was it the cops? Who who was it that showed up? Do oh, and another know. thing. Do we yeah. know? That's why yeah. he went to the camera. So like the cop is in the house. Her brother is in the house when she's getting murdered. Yeah. Uh, another thing. So they thought they were going to be able to get away with this. They were never going to get away with this. And I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> Lovely, wonderful Gail put that video camera in oh, the living yeah. room. And we forgot about it. <laughs> yeah, we do see them. Like, you yeah, would see them the, being like, yeah, doing everything. You're exactly. right. Exactly. You see the entire thing. You know what I mean? There's the kitchen. You can kind of see an angle of the kitchen. So, like, even reviewing mm-hmm. the film. Well, even when he was coming out. out stabbing the, like, uh, couch and everything, you yeah. would see everything. Yeah. Exactly. Right. So, the, and these two, these two characters did not know that there was a hidden camera in there, thanks to Gail. Um so even if their plan would have succeeded, eventually they would have both they been, been busted. <laughs> they would have been caught because Gail is a genius. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I never even thought of that. I know. <laughs> oh my god! Everybody forgets about that camera right below the TV. <laughs> Do you have any other thoughts before we go? I don't think so. That's it. I really liked it though. I think this was a good pick. Hopefully everybody else enjoyed our our banter on this, even though we went out of order. But if you're familiar with the film, hopefully you were able to follow along. Um, But yeah, no, no, I I think this is a great choice. I'm kind of excited. And maybe the next time Terry asks me if I want to watch a horror movie, I can get him to watch Scream instead of some B-rated slasher flick. Watch Scream too. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you liked it. I'm glad that we decided to do it. I know I was sort of like, what should we do? And I'm glad that we did it because, you know, I had fun talking about it and I'm happy that you liked it. I know. I expose me to more things and I'll expose you to new music. I know. (laughs) Like Ice Nine Kills. (laughs) (laughs) I wrote it down. I'll listen to it when we um, hang up. But yeah, that was it. That's it's a great movie. It's Kevin Williamson's very first movie. And like I said, directed by my favorite director, Wes Craven. Rest in peace. And um, we hope that you liked it. We hope that you check out the new Scream if you're a fan of this film franchise. And, you know, let us know what you think. For sure. Uh, and if you guys do try to check out that song, the phone call thing happens throughout the entire song. So try to sit through the entire song. If metal is not your thing, I'm sorry, not sorry. But... I'm sure you might laugh a little bit because it's like you got to listen to it. It's it's good. 
I love it. <laughs> I think it's great. It's so, <laughs> uh, it's it's good. It's good. All right, if Ice Nine Kill. If you guys are listening, well done, sir. Because I like that song. <laughs> <laughs> good job. That was very clever. They clearly like Scream too. They're also a Scream fan. So, well, Jamie, with that, when you tell everybody <laughs> where to find you, well, if you guys don't remember or you forget. Or this happens to be the first episode you were listening to. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. But hey, if this is what brings you to us, welcome to the uh, Creek Talk family. <laughs> you can find my bookstagram at at jlynn underscore book lover. Beautiful. Okay, great. <laughs> and if you want to follow us on Instagram, you can follow us at Creek Talk Podcast and on Twitter at Creek Talk Pod. And if you want to email us, uh, let us know how we're doing. Or if you want to ask us any questions, send us an email. We like email. You can email us at creektalkpodcast at gmail.com. And maybe we'll read something on our next episode from you. Um, also, if you were uh, feeling generous, since it is the holiday season, maybe you can give us a five-star review on iTunes. That would be... Uh, Christmas Best miracle. Christmas present ever. <laughs> it's a true Christmas miracle. We would love it so much. So please, please, please. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we hope everybody has a great holiday season, and <laughs> we'll be back next week with the next episode of Dawson's Creek. We already recorded it, so it might be a little out of sync with what we're talking about now, but. We hope you enjoyed this episode and everybody have a safe and happy holiday. If you're traveling, travel safely, eyes on the road, no alcohol. Have a great Um, holiday, everybody. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. (laughs) I don't know what's wrong with me. (laughs) You're tired. I think so. Talking about the creek, the creek talk, talking about the creek.